0: Yeah, do you uh, hold in your sneezes?
1: Bill does. No. Yeah, no. I do a little bit. You
0: should What's not. Wrong with
1: you? When I sneeze and I don't hold it in, it offends everybody that's around me. Well, I'm you know what?
2: That doesn't matter. You're going to stroke out or pop an eyeball out.
3: You well, do that. Like you're your, not. Your, your far prostate's going to
1: fly out of your.
4: It's
3: just remember, like, you guys. Well, I, 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 I let it fly like when Bugs Bunny
2: gives like a dumb animal so a little bit of uh,
5: pepper in the nose. <laughs> yes, it that's exactly
1: how I sneak. I let it blow. Man.
5: Oh man! It's mm-hmm.
1: always <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
6: <laughs> that's an idea. W- I have a wind-up. I put my head back and then go forward. <laughs> yeah,
4: I could probably like chop through five or six boards.
7: <laughs> <First needs laughs> oh gosh, you're <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show.
0: It's three minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance.
6: A couple of flurries today, otherwise just very cold. 16 for the high, 12 overnight tonight, and then a windy day on Thursday. But at least the temperature pushes up to near 31 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather, Center 11.
0: It is one degree now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Investigators are releasing more details about the 13 children found chained to their beds at a home in Southern California. Riverside County Sheriff's officials said the family has lived in the home for about three years in deplorable conditions. Officials said parents David Allen Turpin and Louise Anna Turpin are being held a $9 million bail. All the kids are being checked out by doctors to make sure investigators know the extent of the torture they endured and they are also being slowly reintroduced to food. The parents of David Turpin told ABC News their son and his wife had so many kids because that's what God called them to do. Turpin's parents say they were shocked by the allegations because their son and daughter-in-law have a quote-unquote highly respected good Christian family. They said the last time they saw the kids was about four years ago. They say the kids were thin when they saw them, but the whole family seemed happy. Officials are investigating. Leechburg Borough Council says they'll continue to pay disgraced police chief Mike Diebold's health insurance premiums covering Diebold, his wife, and his two kids. Council President Tom Foster said they want to give Diebold's wife adequate time to find insurance for their family. Uh, Diebold is accused of soliciting sex from who he thought was a 14-year-old girl. He remains suspended without pay. Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump's Florida resort, which has been dubbed the Winter White House, has been cited for dozens of violations after a recent inspection. Inspectors listed several maintenance violations, including some which could pose a direct or significant threat to the public. They included the absence of smoke detectors and chunks of concrete missing from a staircase. (laughs) Emergency repairs were made to correct some areas that were not up to code. Additionally, the resort's kitchens were hit with 15 violations including improper food storage. It's not the first time the resort's kitchens were cited shortly before last year's visit by Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Some fish that was going to be served was found to be unsafe.
4: Complete metaphor. Total metaphor. Fake news. One, Everything pic- I have there is gorgeous. <laughs> they never did uh, clear up whether or not they had... Like, it wasn't secure.
0: What, the Mar-a-Lago?
4: He was holding... Like
0: high, high security yeah. meetings, with and you could be on a boat on the, on the guy patio. <laughs> with
3: some...
4: I mean, it only cost you know uh, it costs money to get in the building. You know, it was like a spy's dream. And do you remember that when it first yeah. happened? And everyone's like, um, "This yeah. is the least secure place in the world." And he still
1: uses his personal phone, by the way.
0: Which isn't that. What they were up in arms about?
3: Just crazy,
0: Hillary.
1: (laughs) You know what I imagine? You you remember the guy who sells Tom Hanks the house in um, uh, Money Pit when he's talking to him on the phone and he's eating a jelly donut and like a big piece of jelly falls on one of the houses, like as he's turning the pages. Like I just picture Trump looking over all these, (laughs) you know, incredibly classified documents and just. Chocolate cake bumbling (laughs) out of his mouth. Delicious chocolate cake. Just smears every page. Definitely.
0: (laughs) Male grooming is a multi-billion dollar worldwide industry and is expected to grow as men continue to spend more money on stuff like face wash and hair removal products. Not hair growth products, hair removal products. Mm. Along with those products, more and more men are now also wearing makeup. And guys aren't just putting on concealer to cover up zits. They're also using mascara and guy liner. <laughs> now they're not asking dad or grandpa or their lady friends how to apply it. Instead, they're turning to YouTube channels. Apparently, there are guy makeup instruction YouTube channels.
1: Derek Carr definitely wears guy Have you ever seen him? He looks like an emo head singer, like lead the singer. Quarterback for the Raiders? Yeah. I don't know that I've ever noticed. Super dark outlined eyes. It's like uncomfortably noticeable <laughs> for me. Every press conference he gave, I'm like, what's wrong with you, dude? It's hilarious.
0: <laughs> I want you guys to do one of those, but that's that's what I want. We're doing something different this year. Yeah. I want you guys to, to wear makeup.
1: No, that that's not the that's, thing that's not that I thing. was talking about. He's I was talking about, healthy. about trying to be healthy. <laughs> Maybe
0: it'll make you feel better.
1: I don't think it if, will. If
0: you look lovely.
1: <laughs> Bill Eyeliner. Hey, Bill. You look lovely today. <laughs> look at those lashes.
4: Bill, you ever think about using a rouge type?
3: Uh...
0: <laughs> oh, that is the funniest thing. Guys always call it rouge. rouge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've said it on the show before it made you laugh.
0: It's every guy does it. That
1: isn't, it's not what it's called?
0: In the 60s and 70s, yeah, but pretty much everybody calls it blush, I think, now. (laughs) Blush! But keep saying, Usually when
1: guys talk to each other about blush, they're talking about something different. (laughs) In Pittsburgh. Yeah.
0: According to a new survey, men wait nearly three times as long as women do to change their bed sheets. Guys change their bedding on average every 45 days.
1: No. I'll let you in on a secret.
0: Guys never change sheets. I didn't know you were supposed to change your <laughs>
1: sheets till I was like 30. Come on. Dude, it, I never changed. In really? college? Uh,
0: you changed I your can't sheets in imagine college. Imagine the smell.
1: No, but I knew Dude, I was I supposed to. Dude, I went months without changing my sheets. Oh, my word. I months. Didn't, I didn't change my sheets in college all the time, but I knew I was supposed to. <laughs> No, I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought you just got a pair of sheets, and whenever you got rid of the bed, that's when you got rid of the sheets. Oh, my word.
0: It takes, guys, an average of 18 days to change sheets after a one-night stand. Uh. Uh. Experts say that sheets and pillowcases should be washed at least once uh, or twice a week.
8: This one kid I knew in college used to literally instead of putting sheets down on the bed he would just splay his laundry down on it no. sleep on top of the laundry for like you know two and a half months and then oh, rotate the laundry as it and then just pick it out for his uh, dressing during the day
0: oh, word. God, Animal. animals
8: that guy is apple c e
4: o Tim Cook. <laughs>
0: Apparently, everyone can use a little divine intervention. According to a new survey, when atheists and agnostics are faced with a serious personal crisis, like a natural disaster or a serious medical diagnosis, one in four start praying. Even though they don't believe in God.
4: With the qualifier, though. Look, I don't know if you're up there or not. <laughs> I think that the, um, the meditation aspect of that, I mean, you know... Prayers, meditation, like saying things over, and over. it's a mantra. You know, it's it's like an elongated mantra. People can find comfort in that, when, even if they don't believe, because it has like the calming effects of the same tenets of uh, transcendental meditation.
0: I think Catholic prayers are different than Protestant. Yeah, but prayers.
4: you get to the point when <laughs> I mean I was no, it's pretty not. involved in the Catholic Church for a huge part of my life. Like and- there's
0: standard Catholic, like the is it the Rosary a prayer?
8: Well, there's it's a it's a bunch of prayers. See, it that, starts off with that could be like the like, like to Randy's point that could be the more the, the ritual because yes. it's a control thing. You feel like if you're doing a ritual that you have control over, maybe you have control over whatever situation that you have. With with Catholicism, there's the kneeling and the rosary and the but there's the, sign there's, of the cross and but you do
0: standard don't, like the Lord's prayer.
8: Yeah, that's part. I mean, you, you use that
4: in the rosary and yeah. you do Hail Mary's and the uh, Glory, uh, was that uh, the Glory the, Patria or whatever? Yeah. Glory be to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, as it was in the beginnings now and ever something. No, that's a different one. And see, so, yeah, it's been so long. Uh, but, <laughs> eating, but the point I was trying mo. to make is when you're halfway through the rosary, you don't even know what you're saying. You just hold on to a bead. You're like in the meditative sort yes. of state.
0: But the. These the... are the wrong beads. <laughs> Yikes!
4: <laughs> Boy, I sure Do you got a lot of beads? Oh, I should have changed these with the sheets. In here? What's that?
0: How did Ben Waggett in? <laughs> yeah, there? exactly. Um, but
4: if you don't believe, I th- think you can still use prayer.
0: Yeah, but the the church that I grew up in, the Methodist religion, like prayer is more of a conversation. It isn't a meditative recitation, like chanting. Of, yeah. yeah. It's more just- like
1: we 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 grew up in in a sort of like the Ned Flanders version of Christianity. Yeah, well, uh, for sure. Like we sit down by the bed, we're like, "Hey God, just want to check in. <laughs> yeah, how's everything up yep. there? Good for sure. Good. Oh yeah, no. there's
0: less recitation <laughs> of standard prayers and
1: there's not. A, it's not the fire and brimstone sect of the religion. No, right. We, yeah,
0: it's pretty loose.
1: Catholicism is gothic.
4: It has like. It's scary. Like you could say that the stuff in a scary voice.
8: It's awe inspiring. I, I was
0: terrified of the Catholic Church as a kid. <laughs> Me too. Because of all the statues, and this girl oh, yeah. next door was like, "This statue cries real, uh, cries real blood. blood." Yeah. And then you, and you like, see the Madonna
1: ah! video, and they're like, "They weren't lying." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Singer Seal is reportedly being investigated in Los Angeles for alleged sexual battery. TMZ reporting actress Tracy Birdsall reported a 2016 incident over the weekend to the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. But authorities have not officially confirmed this. Birdsall tells TMZ that she and Seal were neighbors and developed a close friendship. That's until he forced himself on her, tried to kiss her, and groped her in his kitchen. She also claims he started to belittle her by making fun of what she was wearing when she tried to stop him. Rep for SEAL tells the gossip website that he is vehemently denying the allegations and intends to defend himself against them. And Leah Remini is defending director Paul Haggis, who has been accused of rape. In an open letter, the actress and Mike Rinder, her co-star on A&E, the A&E series Scientology in the Aftermath, Call the anonymous allegations suspect, especially because the Church of Scientology is well-known for attacking former members. letter posted to Rinder's personal blog reads, quote, Those who accuse without going to law enforcement, those who seek hush money to keep their stories secret, those who make accusations to the media anonymously, they are suspect. And when the target of these tactics is someone who is a prominent critic of Scientology, it is very suspect, end quote. Haggis, who was a Scientologist for 35 years, left the church in 2009 and has been vocal about leaving the religion. He did appear on Remini's anti-Scientology series last September. Haggis is a two-time Oscar winner and was accused of sexual misconduct by four women earlier this month. He has denied those allegations. And if you watch that series at all, you Mm -hmm. know that that's all the church does. When you leave, they attack you.
4: And he was the one that authored that long New Yorker expose mm-hmm. on Scientology that was... Oh, yeah, I read that. Pretty Quite an dammy. expose,
0: yeah. Uh, finally, Danica Patrick confirming that she is dating Aaron Rodgers. Man, so I the, can sleep now. The hot These, new celebrity uh, couple.
1: Quite the mover and the shaker. Some pretty high-profile GFs. Jerks.
0: Yeah. Forecast today, going to be cold, high only in the teens. It is one degree now at DVE. I...
4: Boy, I didn't think it was that cold out. I guess I'm
8: getting used to it. Yeah. I thought it was like 18 degrees or something like that. You can that. tell when it's really cold because your car sounds like a great uncle like <laughs> trying to get something out. Like, <coughs> <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs>
8: Mr. Wednesday, Jeff
9: Conkle.
4: Shake yeah. shake at
6: his touch and you tremble at what he might say. Yeah, see,
4: I, I think you could put the words of a Catholic prayer into this Same. song yep. and they would fit.
3: and you're looking for Mr. Wednesday.
4: Well, you got him. Yes, you're looking
3: for Mr. Wednesday.
1: Jeff it's Conkle like the receptionist for us. God when God's not there. <laughs> yes, I'll put you in touch with Mr. Wednesday.
4: Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on today. Merrill will be on the show. Mark Madden. we got DV Mario. Uh, we'll also hear... Uh, We'll do the Tomlin translator, Coach Tomlin, doing his final press conference yesterday, talking to the media, uh, which was, did you guys watch that? Yeah, I did. Uh, So it's like 22 minutes of, I'm not going to talk about that, you know, everything
8: everyone wanted to talk about. He's like, "Ah!" yeah, I heard it was like he was like prepped by a crack defense team. (laughs) So he's like, not to my recollection. (laughs) (laughs) I do not recall. Um, Why are you speaking in a Southern accent? It was just
4: brutal. So did you guys ever, when you were growing up, did you ever have something that was like you thought every family had, but but then you got out into the world, you're like, oh, that must just be some weird thing that we do.
0: Mm, I can't think of anything.
8: I thought you meant like, are we jealous of another because like so many other people have like PCR. trampolines <laughs> yeah, or something, you know, <laughs> no, not you standard jealous. just something that you thought was part of everybody's
4: family, either rituals or uh, just part of the household. Uh, somebody uh, recently on Reddit brought this up and now it's going viral. And uh, this guy claimed that his family had what they called
1: the poop knife. Um, definitely didn't have a poop knife in our house. Now, apparently, I'm
4: guessing these guys had old plumbing. They had an old house, old plumbing, small toilet, and they were, in addition to that, resourceful. And big folk. (laughs) Yeah. Big folk. Uh, No dishwasher. So apparently, they had been conditioned growing up that should you leave something that the pipes not might not be able to deal with. That it is your duty to take care of your duty
8: <laughs> by using what they called the poop knife. <laughs> now, I have heard of people using an instrument to... Um, I'm trying to make yeah. this sound Dislaunch. as intellectual as... Yeah, bifurcate their Dissect uh, fecal yes, matter. right. But uh, I don't believe they ever then like hung it up on a nice wooden <laughs> rack like that was engraved with the family initials or anything. So this, this <laughs> <Our> guy ran <family> the <laughs> crest. <laughs> well, if this had the family crest on the poo knife, it would have been impressive. Here's what
4: this uh, Reddit user had to say that's uh, making everybody go, what? Growing up, he had described the aforementioned knife. Growing up, this was a common enough occurrence in our house, leaving something that needed to be dealt with, that my family had a poop knife. It was an old rusty kitchen knife that hung on a nail in the laundry room. Only to be used for that purpose. It was normal to walk through the hallway and have someone call out, hey, can you get me the poop knife? (laughs) Oh, my
8: God. I can't (laughs) imagine that was.
0: Which makes me question, okay, was it a butcher knife or a butter knife? Because you're getting close with a butter knife. Yeah, Yeah, butter knife doesn't have enough reach. Right.
8: You need thought, like a bread knife. Yeah. He's like, that's, that's probably the real way to do it. I thought it was standard kit. You have your plunger, your toilet brush,
4: and your 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 poop knife. He's like, then I'm 22 years old. I'm at somebody's house. I use the bathroom, et cetera, et cetera. He, cetera. Uh, I, I call out for him. I say, hey, man, where's your
3: poop knife? <laughs> where's <your> poop
4: knife? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? The guy's like, my why? <laughs> poop knife. Maybe use it. The guy's like, what the? That's a knife. He's like, maybe he doesn't call it that. He's like, I don't know. What is it? A fecal cleaver? <laughs> a dung divider?
8: A dung divider.
4: <laughs> uh, he starts laughing and then everyone in the house starts laughing. The music stops. Everybody just starts laughing at me. And uh, the guy says, I told my wife this last night, who was amused and horrified at the same time. Turned out she did not know what it was and had been using the old rusty knife hanging in a utility closet as a basic utility knife.
0: Oh, my God. No.
4: Thankfully, she didn't cook with it, but she'd been opening Amazon boxes with it now. Um, there were You know, everybody chimed in on this. It was kind of funny. One person said they use disposable uh, chopsticks in Asia, which was like a big no-no. Ugh. Like,
8: I had reusable ones. My sister bought me nice ones one time, and then Wait, I, like oh,
0: chopsticks. Yeah, every, nice?
8: everyone got nice chopsticks somewhere in the late nineties. Yeah, you know, at some point in the late nineties, you had a yin yang on something, and there was a <laughs> nice set of of chopsticks in your house. Yeah, and then you know, eventually, I have no idea where they went.
4: But you know, I, I, you'd have to wash you them. You could every probably time.
1: use them as a, as yeah, a poop right, knife
4: if you needed to. I don't know. I think it was more like. I had more problems with food preparation than anything going from my house to somebody else's house. Like, is this really, you guys put Miracle Whip in tuna fish? What are you, savages?
8: Yeah, I would see that all the time. Like, like I went over to my one friend's house and she, his mom made me a peanut butter and butter sandwich. And for some reason, that combination, oh, it made me wow. want to puke because I was like, how creamy do you need this sandwich to be? <laughs> you want to throw some mashed potatoes on there too and just really get the, go for the trifecta? <laughs> yeah. So that was that was basically it. I never had anything like the knife to to contend with. Well, yeah, the, the question not. that I want to ask this family is: What is their diet like? If they're taking such healthy BMs, <laughs> that is choking the uh, antique plumbing here. Yeah. I mean, were these people like kale farmers or or something like that? It's possible. It's possible. It has to be diet related.
4: There can't be something genetic that your body just processes things that way. No. And you just leave
8: boulders. <laughs> <laughs> See, my family's on the opposite end of the spectrum we, we're we bunny bean levers so I mean there's, there's nothing
4: <laughs> Mike's uh, coming in next with sports and the, the town is still not in good shape from uh, a sports perspective as Jay Hay now says he wants out oh you guys aren't going to win for a couple of years trade me too the pirate situation they're probably going to pirate situation gets uglier Mike Tomlin meets with the media and tries to explain away what what happened and it just was not uh, anytime you got a question where it wasn't about why did you uh, call for an onside kick there do you regret it are you going to fire all your coaches if he got a question that wasn't about that he talked forever about it. he's like oh thank god that was not about something controversial And then I he, thought
8: desperate housewives went down after <laughs> season two
1: great first season coach where do you keep your poop knife DVD <laughs> sports all right mike pursuit is here with your
4: sports on the dve morning show and uh lots to talk about mike
10: sports are brought to you by stevenson law offices there is lots to talk about mike tomlin didn't really want to talk about much of it Mm -mm. but i think he had a number in mind he felt like he had to talk for about 20 minutes in that last wrap-up press conference of the season so he talked for about 20 minutes And and said nothing said nothing addressed nothing Did you guys
1: subpoena him to come back?
10: (laughs) I don't want to do that anymore for a while. Maybe a long while. Let's give it a couple months. Enough's enough. Uh, It's over. They lost. They're out. See you later. See ya. Uh, One of the things Mike Tomlin didn't really want to address was the future of his coaching staff, specifically the individuals that comprise that coaching staff who might not be coming back, who might be coming back. Mike Tomlin uh, didn't really want to go there yesterday, but he did
9: shed some light on how such things are evaluated. Man, I, you know, we're, we're all a product of the end result. Um, it starts there, whether it's players or coaches. Um, you know, we are what the record says we are. Um, so uh, it starts there, um, but then it's also, you know, your will, um, players and coaches. What are you willing to do? I know what you're capable of, or I have a pretty good assessment what men are capable of uh, but what what you're capable of very rarely defines you in this business whether you're a player or a coach what you're willing to do uh, is what defines you and what you're willing to do on a consistent basis Uh, how selfless are you how willing are you to put um, our our goals and agenda in front of anything that might be on your checklist or to-do list so you know those are are general things that i assess uh, all people that put their hand in the pile Uh, With Whether it's players, coaches, or support personnel, training staff, equipment staff, medical staff. uh, I take really generally the same approach to evaluation of all people. Jesus, stop the fight.
10: (laughs) I'm staggered by that. I mean. The knockout filibuster came when uh, Tomlin was asked if maybe in retrospect he set a bad precedent when he talked Patriots with Tony Dungy on TV. Now, mind you, this was on TV normal TV, not social media, not some kind of communicative powers from Pluto, just TV that everybody grew up with and people talk on it and you listen to it. and Mass media. Yeah. Uh, nothing new, right? Yeah. This was Tom's response to the suggestion that maybe he set a bad precedent talking Patriots with Tony Dungy before the Steelers were about to play the Packers.
9: I right. I can't worry about those things guys. Um, you know, um one of the things that's changing in our business is the is the attention, the media attention, and part of it is the development of social media and things of that nature. So, you know, I'm I'm f- fortunate enough that I've been in it long enough that I realize that it's changing in some ways and some of the norms are changing and, and we gotta change with it. And um and so I'm less resistant to old norms and I'm not worried about those type of things. Um, because they're really irrelevant. The amount of attention that we all get um, is tenfold what it was 10, 15 years ago. And to try to keep that jello, jello in the box is a waste of time and really kind of fruitless. Um, we don't spend a lot of time worrying about what's said about us or misinterpretations of what we say. Uh, we simply go about our work, and what's important is what we say to one another. And if it doesn't come from one man to another, we don't give it much much thought or attention we don't. Uh, we realize oftentimes it may create a storm around us, but that's not us. Um, we don't care. We can't care. We can't control it anyway. Um, it's an impossibility in today's professional sport climate. So um, that's my soapbox.
1: <laughs> Keep the Jello inside the box. Is that Tomlin's poop knife? Like that? That's not. A, I don't think that's a saying. I mean, you don't get any jello if you do that, right? It's, isn't it keep, keep the toothpaste in the tube?
10: I think what he was saying was when I talked to the players, we talked about the task at hand, mm-hmm. which would have taken about five seconds instead of one minute and 21.92 <laughs> seconds. I, I don't know where the hell he was going with most of that.
8: Listening to that was like watching a nature documentary where a cheetah is chasing a gazelle, and it just eludes you in the middle. like you just you, The answer just got away from him. There but, has to be a happy medium between a, like a James Franklin every day is the Super Bowl type mindset, which we all roll our eyes at, and the you know Mike Tomlin looking ahead to the Patriots thing. There has to be some sort of middle ground that is acceptable. I suspect next year you'll you'll see and hear a very boring football team. Uh,
10: wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be a treat? I, yeah. I don't think this stuff ran them off the rails. I watched a little bit of the game again yesterday. Here's what you need to know about the 2017 Steelers. They stink on defense. Yeah, that's de- okay. They stink on defense since Jay Zier went out. It's not. Do they sneak? Do they not sneak? I Did they say this? Hundred percent agree. That they can't tackle. Then why are we firing our offensive coordinator I, when we scored 42 on Jacksonville? Nobody's eyes on the ball. I don't. I don't know what's going on here. This is my evaluation of the 2017 Steelers they stink on defense they're not going to win a championship as long as they stink on defense now to me the offense
1: Is that too complicated no, no. I, should i dumb that down i was thinking Can you about the game that
8: out to a minute 20 or so the,
1: they, the offense stunk at the beginning of the game but they
10: rebounded they did, the but Steelers' they defense sucked for 60 whole minutes. Yeah, but the offense didn't help the defense, which stinks. And they should have known that going in. And I give you the, uh, the sack fumble. Oh, that was the... Dan, Ro- or, or, uh, Dan Dan Fouts' assessment of that as the color commentator. Roethlisberger held the ball for an eternity. Something you can't do against a team that came in with 55 sacks. Most of them from the front four. Correct. Did anybody not know that going into the game? And what's he do? Hold the ball. Hold the ball. Ask it for it. You won it. You got it. Uh, Again, uh, pretty simple. Doesn't matter who said what, who posted what, where, when, about, whatever. Can't play defense, and the offense doesn't work in conjunction with the bad defense to try to get the team, which is comprised of the offense and the defense, through the game. They work independently of one another, and that doesn't work either. Because that offense needed to control the ball to protect the crappy defense, not see how many points it could score. And then say, oh, well, it's not our fault.
1: And what did everybody that we talked to from Jacksonville say? Well, this defense has to some somehow find a way to score. Yeah, which it did because you let it because their offense is crappy cuz who saw that coming
10: oh wait you sure everybody should have seen it coming cuz they did it two times the game before there's no way that could happen again
4: the yeah, offense yeah actually there is ben Roethlisberger has Sorry. always had a live by the sword die by the sword yeah. thing going on in in pittsburgh he has very rarely showed a willingness to adapt in games but usually he's just he's good enough to beat everybody And that's good enough. You know, even though he can play into their strength sometimes, he usually puts up enough. So if the defense can hold them to four touchdowns, (laughs) the Steelers still win that game.
10: They couldn't hold Jacksonville to four touchdowns. Yeah. And then you you factor in the, the poor coaching decision at the end of the game on the onside kick fiasco, and that's what you get.
4: Right. And two fourth downs that were mismanaged. Yeah. You know, it was everything... The offense was so good in that game, except for those two plays, like you said. All right, so let's give them a, what,
10: A minus, B plus? C at best. Oh, no way. No way. Randy, the offense was essential to 14 of the first 28 Jacksonville points being scored. 14 of 45. They scored the, 42.
1: Yeah, but they, they didn't go on a run the until, until they were down 21 nothing.
10: 21 nothing in a 28 to 7 hole. All right. Which totally dictated the way the game had to be played. Well, my
4: point still being that everything kind of had to go wrong, and the offense would have had to have been, you know, putting up seven on one minute drives every time they had the ball in order to overcome how bad the defense was and how stupid some of the coaching
10: was. Or it would have been having to put up seven on eight minute drives. Yeah, preferably, yeah. And then it only would have had to do that about four times. I think the entire team sucked
1: in the first quarter. Yeah. The, the offense bounced back. The defense just sucked for the whole game. But I mean,
10: the, the, if you had to pick one thing that's the uh, epithet, one thing to put on the tombstone, it's that the defense isn't good enough. Right. And, and it's a long way from being good enough without Ryan Shazier. And let. You know, it looked like it was making strides. They've been trying to build it for the last three or four years. That line got its ass kicked. That has nothing to do with Ryan Shazier right. not being there. Artie Burns doesn't know how to play one-on-one against a mediocre receiver. He's a number one pick. He's got to be better than that. He's just got to be better than he was on that deep ball. That doesn't have anything to do with Ryan Shazier. How did he this play that so he, badly? He didn't get contact on press man coverage. Then he watched the guy run in front of him, and then he had no idea where the ball was. Other than that, he played it great. What? (laughs) I mean, I've
4: seen that back. I could not believe that. Seriously,
10: if one more person talks about the effing quarterback sneak, uh, I want them to go to the nearest bridge and jump off it because you're not paying close (laughs) enough attention.
4: Yeah, but that's human nature. We never look for the real thing, we're never concerned.
10: Oh, but what you said, or what was what El El Bell posted on Twitter, Uh -uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter can't tackle people can't keep them out of the end zone that's what matters stink on defense that's what matters focus on that focus people so another draft with everybody on defense. everybody on defense except you got to get a quarterback because you don't know when the one you have is going to quit and you got to get a running back because you don't know when the one you have is going to quit or whether he's going to play for the franchise tag or whether he's going to cut a rap album or what the hell's going on other than that everything's great just so close they're right there right they're right there i'm just
4: glad that andrew mccutcheon won't have to watch this next year
10: <laughs> penguins were in anaheim tonight on the x jeff conkle mr
4: wednesday hanging with us this morning <laughs> pal has news coming up top of the hour
0: uh we are going to talk about some of our cell phone habits Ugh.
4: merrill hodge Still a little much for 6:30. no it's exactly what we need mike a kick in the ass make people feel uncomfortable. I Feel
10: like I came a little strong too early today. Nah,
4: nah, bring it. All right. Well, now we're all worked up and pissed off. It's
1: the D V E morning show. Thanks, Mike. Got us all jammed up emotionally right off the bat. Jeff Conkle is uh <laughs> hanging
4: out here. <clears throat> Mr. Wednesday.
1: Now we can't put the jello back in the box.
4: You got to th- <laughs> uh, that's
1: not it. That's not the saying.
4: It, I not for me, it's always been Whoop, toothpaste no. in the tube, right? <laughs> yeah. He's got Jello in the box. Is
3: working? I am jell I'm just, <laughs> just
8: going to Freddie Mercury the, this thing the rest of the way through. the. <laughs> by
3: there
4: that, do you go, mean tickle go. the bottom of it?
8: Yeah, or, oh, okay. <laughs> that's
3: right.
4: <laughs> uh, a, a, a titan in television and movies died yesterday, but you might not know his name. He was an Emmy-winning writer and producer who started his career writing on the Bob Newhart show. Then the Tony Randall show. His name was Hugh Wilson.
11: Which I
0: don't even remember.
4: Neither do I. Mm -mm. After he left those two shows, he created a sitcom that only lasted four years, but for some reason left an indelible mark on television, WKRP in Cincinnati. Hmm. Hugh Wilson.
0: What a wonderful man.
4: Created the story about the struggling radio station and Val can attest, having bounced around a little bit from small market radio to here in Pittsburgh, and I did the same thing, it could not be more accurate. (laughs)
0: That's spot on.
4: WKRP, if if more people knew what it was like to work in a radio station, that show would have been less successful. Because, I think so. Because...
8: It's exactly how it is, and I think people are like, "Oh, this is hilarious." It wasn't but exa- yeah. Like it wasn't exaggerated at all.
0: Herb Tarlick is a real person.
8: There are, are th- the Thousands fourth floor of this building
0: of is Herb Tarlicks in the country
4: without a doubt. There are Herb Tarlicks anywhere. Such great characters in that show. It's about the hungry program director played by Gary Sandy, who never did anything after that. Uh, it only made the annual primetime top twenty-five once. So the ratings weren't even huge for it, but something happened to it when it went into reruns, and it became super popular. It was nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series Emmy three consecutive times. It lost to Taxi twice and once to Barney Miller. But WKRP in Cincinnati.
1: It's the TV version of being a cult classic.
8: The Turkey's Away episode. I've, you've mentioned this before. This is, Wait,
0: it, have you never seen
8: it? I've never seen it.
0: Oh my, you gotta watch it on YouTube.
8: Yeah. yeah, the whole episode, not just that scene.
1: It really happened. So, this guy
4: <laughs> knew a bunch of old radio people, all right, Hugh Wilson. And he said, in an interview with the Archive of American Television, he said he knew this guy, Jerry Blum. He was the general manager of WQXI in Texas. That's the station he based WKRP on. He said he'd been fired from that station for throwing turkeys out of a helicopter. And I said, Jerry, you just won me an Emmy. Now, there was a new WKRP in Cincinnati, which aired briefly in syndication, but didn't really do anything. Um, Were
0: there there any stars in it?
4: I don't think so. And then he took Tim Reed, who played Venus Mm -hmm. Flytrap, and tried to give him another series. That didn't work either. But then... In the years between WKRP and what would become his last show, Easy Street, he wrote and directed a number of feature films, including Stroker Ace. I'm sorry, but that is one of the best Burt Reynolds movies just because of how ridiculously stupid, sexist, over-the-top. It's To me, it's the first Ricky Bobby. It's the first Talladega <laughs> Nights.
1: I don't remember that movie.
8: Clyde Torkel's Chicken Pit? Oh, man. Never saw it. I've heard rappers refer to Stroker Ace. I've never seen the movie, but it must be iconic. You never
4: saw Stroker Ace. Mm-mm. All right, Bill.
8: Well, maybe... Uh, you maybe... and
0: Jeff should have a, like, a viewing party together. Let's you have
8: can't... a Burt Reynolds watch, watch some... party. We'll lay together on a <laughs> bearskin rug. <laughs>
0: grow
3: Make
8: mustaches. It. Yeah. Uh... Maybe you saw his next comedy,
4: a Little Movie, by the name of Police Academy. Oh, there we go. Grew up on it. Come St- on. Steve Gutenberg, Kim Cattrall, Bubba Smith, Tim Kazarinski, fresh off of SNL. Why Marco don't you Winslow. call them by their real names? Go
1: ahead. Hightower, yeah.
8: Tackleberry. That's right. <laughs> well, that, Tackleberry wasn't listed there. But. No, I know.
1: Hooks. Mahoney. <laughs>
4: Steve Gutenberg is
1: Mahoney. Excuse me. Could everybody, could everybody just be quiet on the bus?
4: Uh, he did uh, the first wives club. Also, yamma, yumma yumma yumma. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. And then he uh, ended his career with <laughs> Dudley Do-Right, which is not exactly great. But come on. WKRP, Stroker Race and Police Academy. Sweet Chuck.
0: Good stuff.
8: Huge. That guy's a titan. There should be a statue of him. Do you ever wonder why they don't make movies like a Police Academy or like an airplane that are just purely like joke, ve- like they don't yeah. do that anymore. No, they don't make they don't. like joke vehicle movies. Like that's all airplane was. It was just just pure slapstick. jokes. Like that's all it was. Yeah,
4: I mean if you think about it, what where airplane came from eventually became the Onion, right? Because the Zucker brothers and those guys, they were Madison, Wisconsin oh, uh, guys yeah, who started like that, like. Phony satirical, newsletter thing, yeah. satirical n- newsletter. Yeah, um, there was a movie recently that did it. There, there was a cup in the eighties. Those movies were huge, but there was a movie recently that I noticed. I'm
8: like, oh, it's kind of like that. It's just looking for jokes, but now I can't remember what the hell it is. The only thing that I've seen that comes close is there's a show called Angie Tribeca, which uh, stars, um, oh crap, what's her name, uh, Rashida Rashida Jones, uh, yeah, yeah, and mm. and uh, Steve Carell is a producer on it. And it, it it's basically like uh, the Naked Gun, like it's just silly oh, jokes, that. like for a half hour straight. Right. It's like it's a loose plot. It's a police kind of uh, procedural, but it's hilarious and it's all jokes. And wasn't there another cop show in the eighties
4: that did that?
0: Um, yeah, it wasn't a. Ba- it was based on not uh, not Police Squad. Oh, okay.
4: There there was another one on ABC, and now I can't remember the name. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy. I know the actor that played. It. I'll have to look it up. Um,
1: Brooklyn nine, nine was kind of like that with Andy Samberg. They were just looking for jokes. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was just a ton of jokes, Uh, uh, but not as much visual get like the visual gags in those movies always cracked me up. Yeah. Walk hard. I was thinking
4: was maybe kind of like that, but it was so much more of just jokes on spoofing those right. specific to that category specific to the, the, um, Movies you're talking about, like Airplane and all that, those are just sort of apropos of nothing jokes.
8: Right. Just, yeah, not relevant to the plot. We needed a setting where a line of people can slap a woman, mm-hmm. and that's basically <laughs> what we were trying to go for. I have to tell you, there was a point where I was really
4: I was looking for a, uh, a GIF file from Airplane to describe the mood in Heinz Field. And I was, because we were getting thumped, and I'm like, it, you know, right before halftime, I'm like, this is so depressing. And I, Typed in airplane the movie gift, searched it, and the stuff that popped up was making me and my buddy laugh so hard. I was just scrolling through, so I spent Everything. half time looking at airplane gift because there's
1: so many. The most popular ones. one is the Ted Stryker sweating, yeah, gift that people play when like a game is tight or something's coming down to the wire, yeah. But like the way that the airplane, like everybody in the plane is looking up
4: at the girls playing the guitar and they all <laughs> lean in at the same time you know like oh, <laughs>
8: there's just so many hilarious ones on that flick the, uh, my mom w- went uh, she she knew me and my buddy th- would think that was a pretty funny movie it was a silly you know m- movie for you know a couple you know 10 year olds yeah. or whatever so she went out to Eagle video and rented it for us and she's sitting there watching with us and she, I guess she forgot about the scene where everyone's panicking on the plane and just a shirtless woman boom is just jiggling right in front of the, the TV for about two minutes oh, yeah I' never seen her get off the couch that fast in my entire life. That was a (laughs) trademark of those movies too for some reason. Like Kentucky Fried
1: Movie. Yeah. Same people. Yeah. Yeah, just boobs. like a big set of boobs for no reason in the middle Cause of the scene cuz it's hilarious.
4: Yeah. I remember watching that at my friend David Subcheck's house when I was a kid and when the boob scene came on his his uh, dad Mr. Subcheck was like uh laying on the couch with an afghan pulled over him and we were like on the floor looking at the TV and the boob part came on and I was like, "Oh my god, are we in trouble?" And then I just heard him go <laughs> in the background and I was like, "I'm coming to Subcheck's house more often to watch movies." And then
1: you just heard <laughs> oh, oh, no. dude, Mr. Don't sully Subcheck's name. <laughs>
8: oh, Jeff, what do you he got going on? it. I got. Uh, I, I'm doing some stuff with the Drunken Partners. Oh, uh, cool. February awesome. uh, 17th uh, at the Arcade Comedy Theater. So, getting back on the horse here. Good deal, Jeff Conkle Mr.
4: Wednesday, uh, hanging with us this morning on DVE. Val's up next.
0: We're going to talk about our uh, phone habits, cell phone habits.
4: By the way, the Johnny Fever character was based on a DJ he knew from Atlanta. Sean McDowell. It is no, Sean McDowell. And he was the, he did the mornings, but he was a drunk. He liked being in the bars all night, so he would work, leave work at 10 o'clock, go home and sleep, and then at 8 o'clock at night, he would go to the bars, and he would drink till the bars closed. Then he would go to work, take a nap, and get up and do it again.
0: One of my favorite scenes in that is when they loosen the restraints. Then Johnny's like, and by the way, booger. Yeah,
4: (laughs) he says booger on the air. He's so happy. And the Paul (laughs) Anka song was playing.
0: (laughs) You're having my baby. Well, I don't, because at some point, didn't they replace all that stuff with just generic
4: Sadly, Maybe because you can't get, the rights. get their rights. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, the replays didn't work mm-hmm. after they the rights ran out. When you'd watch uh, one of the syndicated WKRP's, they had to replace all the music this with like sound musical track, yeah. and it totally took away from the show.
3: And Was I it never ever it would,
1: sold but- like on like a DVD or a VHS where DVD. those original
8: songs are still on it? Like th- the first bootleg days of eBay when right. someone was there with like a DVD recorder. I might be wrong, but I think the first
4: edition DVD before it was like, you know, remastered, and blah, 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 like I think there was a first edition DVD or maybe video cassettes that did include the original soundtracks mm-hmm. because he's talking about, he's like, light my fire and then he plays it, you know, and there's a whole episode about the Who, but then they couldn't play Who Who music on oh, the That, that was
0: uh, after that, awful tragedy 11 people cincinnati died in cincinnati yeah.
4: yeah um okay we're gonna take a break we got tons of stuff to get to next hour and your chance at a thousand bucks in workforce cash.
8: well, well the question not. that i want to ask this family is what is their diet like if they're taking such healthy bms mm-hmm. that is choking the uh, antique plumbing here yeah i mean were these people like kale farmers or or something like that it's possible it's possible it has to be diet-related. There can't be something genetic that your body just processes things that way. No. And you just leave boulders. <laughs> My family's on the opposite end of the spectrum. We, we're we bunny bean leavers. So, I mean, there's, there's nothing. Randy Bauman and the DVE
7: Morning Show. Jeff
4: Congle, Mr. Wednesday. Uh, look for him with uh, Ed Bailey. Dave Bracey, Arcade Comedy Theater, coming up first week of February. On the show eight at 7:45 uh, rather Merrill Hodge will be joining us and uh, Mike Pursuit is very fired up after having rewatched the Steelers game and listened to the coach's press conference yesterday we got the Tomlin translator how to talk to your kids about what's going on with the Pirates uh <laughs> and DV Mario so a uh, lot to come here A lot, but, lot going on val has got news now what's up
0: Here's a Channel 11 severe weather center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance A
6: couple of flurries today otherwise just very cold 16 for the high 12 overnight tonight and then a windy day on Thursday but at least the temperature pushes up to near 31 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11.
0: It's one degree at DBE. I'm Val Porter. One whole degree. One. Just a single one. A Pittsburgh-area man is now in charge of the USS Pittsburgh submarine. Jason Dykler of Carnegie was announced as the new commanding officer last week. The USS Pittsburgh is stationed in Connecticut and is one of the oldest submarines in the Atlantic fleet. I thought it was that
1: one parked outside of the science center. I was like, do, do they really need a, anyone to be the captain of that one? Yeah, it seems to kind of just sit there.
0: Donald Trump is in excellent physical and mental health, his doctor said yesterday, but he is a little tubby. Uh, Tuesday in the White House briefing room, Dr. Ronnie Jackson delivered the details about Trump's four hour physical and mental health testing that occurred on Friday.
4: Did did you hear? First of all, in summary. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
11: In summary, the president's overall health is excellent. His cardiac performance during his physical exam was very good. He continues to enjoy the significant long-term cardiac and overall health benefits that come from a lifetime of abstinence from tobacco and alcohol.
0: However, Jackson did have some suggestions for the president.
11: We discussed diet, exercise, and weight loss. He would benefit from a diet that is lower in fat and carbohydrates and from a routine exercise regimen. He has a history of elevated cholesterol and is currently in a low dose of Crestor
4: um he's six pounds heavier than jay cutler the same height
1: according to this he wears it differently it's in different places
4: there's <laughs> no the way he's only six pounds there. i mean i don't care i'm sure they all lie about their health to a certain extent but my favorite part of the doctor yesterday was uh this
0: there was an incident recently where the president appeared to slur his words while giving an address, um, did you look into what the cause of that might have been at
11: all? I did, yeah. We, we talked about that, and actually uh, uh, um, one of my ENT consultants uh, was involved in that. We evaluated him. We checked, uh, we checked everything out, and every, uh, everything was normal. We even went so far as to do an ultrasound of his parotid glands and a few other things, and there was absolutely no uh, you know, clinical findings that would suggest. I think the reason for that was, quite honestly, me being up here right now, I think I'll need a drink of water, uh, I, but... Uh, I think that um, I had given the president some medication uh, specifically some sudafed over the days previous and I think that I had inadvertently kind of dried up his secretions a little bit more than uh, than I intended to and I oh, think that Oh that's Oh that
1: uh, that's people get divorced over that. Yeah. Sorry honey uh my secretions are all dried up. <laughs> inadvertently dried up your secretions. Isn't that a country song?
4: uh gotta be discreet when you're drying up secretions
1: again isn't it funny that anybody who has anything to do with the president if you want to be on his good side you have to speak in such superlatives like you have to say he's in the best shape of anybody that's ever lived he has the most gorgeous heart (laughs) i i looked at his cardiac and i'll be honest with you like It moved. It was the most beautiful (laughs) cardiac test I've ever seen. My secretions did not dry (laughs) up looking at that. Uh, That guy's
4: been around. That doctor's been around for a while. Like everyone says he's, you know, a legit guy. But to your point, yeah, it seems
1: like everybody has to speak like they're all like 18 straight hole in ones. Even if his name sounds like your creepy uncle who, you know, wants to look at you when you scrape your knee when you're grown up, like, come on over here, get up on Uncle Ronnie. Dr. Ronnie is, <laughs> Dr. Ronnie will take a look
0: at you.
4: I'm jealous of the fact that he can eat fast food every day and he isn't dead.
0: Well, he's on Crestor.
4: But a very small dose. Well. You know,
1: guy eats Big
4: he Macs.
0: Still has, he said he has high cholesterol.
1: Guy slightly crushes elevated. KFC.
0: Slightly elevated.
1: Wow. Meatloaf every night.
0: What do we know that is slightly elevated?
1: Wow, two scoops know. ice cream. Accident. I mean, dude is dude has my ideal diet for real. I'm, so I'm saying he gets two scoops after eating
0: a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And today is supposedly the day President Trump will unveil his fake news awards. White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders said yesterday uh, she called the awards a potential event.
1: Who's hosting that? So
0: no no word on whether that's – I'm sure he'll start tweeting at some point today about the fake awards. Yeah. Uh, Chrissy Teigen offered $100,000 to help Olympic gymnast Michaela Maroney testify against Team Dr. Larry Nasser, but the U.S. Olympic gymnastics team says it will not punish Maroney for talking about alleged sexual abuse from former Team Dr. Larry Nasser. Maroney signed a non-disclosure agreement in 2016 agreeing to stay quiet about the abuse as part of a $1.25 million settlement with USA Gymnastics. Maroney filed a lawsuit last month claiming claiming the organization tried to Too much data her. Fed? You okay I think so yeah uh, my secretions <laughs> <Your secretions?
1: laughs> Oh God oh, that's bad <laughs> <news>. <laughs> tried
3: oh. to uh, <laughs> oh, boy. prevent
0: her from speaking publicly to protect Nasser today will be day two of a multi-day sentencing hearing for Nasser in a Michigan courtroom he heard from 29 of the 98 victims yesterday who plan to address him. According to an article in today's Post-Gazette, a local man and former guitarist for Zach Wild's Black Label Society for 17 years... Is in trouble with the law for sending sexually explicit messages to a 14 year old girl. The article states that 46 year old Nick Catanese pleaded guilty to unlawful contact, corruption of minors, and endangering the welfare of children. Catanese was an instructor at the School of Rock in Castle Shannon, and police were notified by the owner of the school when the 14 year old student told him what was happening. Post Gazette reports Catanese had already been fired because of something that happened with another female student. Catanese reportedly sent naked photos of himself and asked for naked photos of the girl in return and described sex acts uh. to her. He will serve five years probation. He'll have to register as a sex offender for 25 years and avoid contact with minors and also have no access to internet capable computers.
4: We can join Gary Glitter's band.
0: Our phone is probably one of the most expensive things we own, so it's a little surprising that 22% of us have gotten angry enough that we've thrown our phone across the room.
1: It's been way too long. It's, I haven't thrown a phone since it was an <laughs> LG flip phone. Last time I threw a phone across the room, it was connected to the wall. <laughs>
4: yeah, as soon you, as they you, started costing money, I found something else to throw. As soon
1: as I got on board with the iPhones, I was like, mm, I'm going to do the yeah, opposite of this. I'm going to put an OtterBox on it.
0: Right. right. Have you ever cracked the screen on your phone?
1: A hundred times.
4: Mine's cracked right now.
0: 62% have. How did you crack it?
4: Oh, Did you drop it or Yeah, it was during the stupid storm up in Erie. It fell out of my pocket and smashed on the ice.
0: Ninety four percent of <laughs> us have used our phone on the toilet. Seventy nine seventy nine percent say they always do.
4: Use the phone on the toilet? Yes. Wouldn't say always. Everybody's been guilty
1: of it at some point in time.
0: Part of that ninety four percent have I ever- have a
1: toilet phone. Just a phone that just I- Just a burner? Just, yeah, just one that I use. It's a good kind of you... like that poop knife. I just have a, a poop phone. <laughs> you might as well have like an iPad <laughs> in the bathroom that you just use in there. It's an iPoop.
0: poop. Have you ever dropped it in the toilet? Yes. 23% have.
1: Did you use it again? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did the rice thing. But it was a toilet that
3: was- Was it a
0: fresh toilet? No,
3: no,
1: no. Yeah, it was- uh, an unsoiled
0: toilet. Like
4: on the way in. Jeez, what would you do if, like, there was Fresh a bowl. if it's yellow, let it mellow situation, and
1: <laughs> you dropped your iPhone?
0: Put it in, in the there. rice. I'd probably,
1: I'd probably go in, rice it up, get
3: Fish it, out,
0: it out,
1: rinse it off, and put it's it great. in the rice. And every time your phone
4: rings, you feel like you're on a date with Trump.
0: <laughs> I don't know anybody who doesn't do this. Do you sleep with your phone in the bedroom? yeah oh of yeah ninety two percent do it, including nine percent who put it under their pillow.
4: I've put I it I don't do that on my bed I've left it on my bed many times. Yeah, so I have a plug into the wall, like you know just out of arm's reach so that when it that alarm goes off, I have to actually get out of bed a little bit to mm-hmm. turn it off. but there's a lot of times where I'm like reading something and I fall asleep you know reading my phone, which is terrible for you I know
1: I, initially... I lay on my
4: side and look at my phone. So, you don't disturb Serena with the light? Yeah.
0: I initially started sleeping with the phone in the bedroom because I didn't have a house phone.
1: Oh, yeah. Well,
4: so, if there that.
0: was an emergency, I wanted it right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't have a house phone. Yeah. Neither do I anymore.
4: Well, I, I
0: do, mean, everyone but it has I a
1: number.
4: You had yeah, to get but, it with the
0: bundle package, right. the stupid bundle package.
4: Yeah. Well, Just and so now they I could
1: d- sell your information. Like, think about how many. People are trying to call you and it's just going to a dead end line. Yeah, but the only people who are trying to call you on that are solicitors.
0: And they're very frustrated, like I said, because nobody ever answers.
1: They probably Uh, would sound super surprised. I want to get a landline just to answer. They can be like, oh, I I totally forgot my pitch. No (laughs) one's answered in over four years.
0: How many apps do you have on your phone?
1: Uh, I think I have four pages.
0: That's probably more than thirty. You're thirty-six percent have more than thirty apps. Sixty-four percent have less than thirty. Mm.
1: Two, apps. three, four. Oh, I have, I've I've, yeah, got, I have four. I've got about twenty. That's it. Twenty apps. Maybe.
0: Now phones 20, come more with than twenty. Now phones come with so many apps that you can't get rid of. Oh yeah, well, I was just saying Android like how many I've, I've
4: downloaded. If I had to go top ten, like apps I would not get rid of. Weather,
0: mm-hmm. like Dude.
1: the photos, I don't, I don't know. I guess you got to use the photos. <coughs>
4: weather,
0: I, I don't even consider that. Yeah, app, see, yeah, I, I wasn't even is.
1: counting that. Anything that comes with the phone. Okay, anything that comes with the phone. does,
8: does it, it count.
0: Th- no, I, no, I guess NFL it does. Because NFL Network comes on my phone, and I can't get rid of it.
4: All right, Spotify, Twitter, uh,
0: iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio. <laughs> it's can't, free. Download can't it free. now
4: Can't get rid of that. Um. Uh. And then IMDb. That and that's a huge one. I gotta have the IMDb to go down the rabbit holes whenever I'm watching something and being like, Wait, who is this guy? What was What was he in before? Mm-hmm. And then you gotta, you know, then you call Twitter, it up on IMDb. Uber, Instagram.
1: <clears throat> Those are the only
4: ones. But there's
0: so, like Amazon Kindle. It comes on my phone. I can't get rid of it. Uber, never Lyft.
1: PNC, like my bank. Tough one.
4: And uh, the podcast one. Well, that comes with it, right? So that doesn't count. Snapchat. Oh, the other one, Open Table. It's the best. Open Table's great. Netflix. Yeah. Do you watch Netflix on your phone?
1: Yeah. Do you I, really? I have. I have. I don't. I've usually. only if done I'm it on a- the if I'm on the road. If I'm on the
4: road, yeah, yeah, that's it. If I'm like staying at one of my brother's house or something, and I'm you know locked up in the Attic bedroom. There you go. Stay up there. It's cool. Hope you like dust. And you sit up there and watch a documentary and fall asleep.
0: Yeah, probably the (laughs) news, especially local news apps. And that's what I use. Oh,
1: really? You use a news app? Because I just use Twitter.
0: I use both. Like, I, as soon as I get up in the morning, I start little local news stations to see what happened locally overnight.
1: Twitter's the
4: one that I, I I I got to get rid of it. Because I'm just, I,
1: out of habit, bing, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the worst. I agree. Because it's a never-ending scroll. You can't get to the end of it. Like I always I read it like I think I'm just going to come to a thing where it says, the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's all the news today. <laughs> right. Every time I pull up at the gym, I will find 20 reasons
4: not to go in, and Twitter gives you a real good one. Well, I better make sure the world isn't blowing up before I go in and have a useless workout, so... uh
0: Matt Damon says he's keeping his mouth shut about the Me Too movement The actor got backlash uh, last month for his comments about sexual harassment He suggested some forms of harassment were worse than others he was immediately criticized on Twitter and accused of mansplaining sexual predators to women. Damon apologized for the comments Tuesday on the Today Show and said he wished he had listened more before weighing in. He said he supports the Me Too movement but added, quote, I should get in the backseat and close my mouth for a while, end did,
4: quote. Did you watch the the screener for that movie Downsizing yes. that he did? Mm-hmm. What did you think of that movie? I thought it was okay. I hated it.
0: It was just, I would never watch it again. I thought it was okay. I did watch Get Out yesterday.
4: Oh, you hadn't seen it yet?
0: Unfreaking believable. Yeah. You loved it, right? Great movie. It's so
4: good. Downsizing is like two and a half hours.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay.
4: It's dumb, I think. But then I love the, everyone involved. Alexander Payne, some of my favorite mm-hmm. movies. I mean, Election, The
1: Descendants. That guy's done great mm-hmm. flicks. And this was not good. Yeah, Get Out is awesome. So Allison good. Williams is awesome. That 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 main character is great. His friend is, aw- is oh, hilarious. is yeah. yeah, hilarious. Friend that's, is really funny.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome character.
1: And then the the dad, Allison Williams' Bradley dad, Whitford. yeah, yeah. And, I only uh, know him from Billy Madison.
0: Is it Kathleen Keener or Catherine Keener? She was in Forty Year Old Virgin. Catherine, Catherine. oh yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, recordings by Aerosmith, David Bowie, Linda Ronstadt, Queen, and Jimi Hendrix highlight the 28 selections, 2018 selections for the Grammy Hall of Fame. Among the singles and albums on the list: Aerosmith's Dream On, David Bowie's Space Oddity, Linda Ronstadt's Heart Like a Wheel, Queen's A Night at the Opera, Jimi Hendrix's Band of Gypsies, Sam Cooke's Bring It On Home to Me, Nevermind from Nirvana, Hugh Masekela's Grazing in the Grass, The Four Tops' I Can't Help Myself, The Rolling Stones' Painted Black. Selections must be at least 25 years old and exhibit qualitative or historical significance. The 25 new titles bring the Hall of Fame's total to 1,063. All are honored at the Grammy Museum at LA Live. Flurries today, temperatures only in the teens. It's three degrees of DVE.
4: You're watching DVE TV. Television without the picture. Tonight on DVE. We present programming for parents whose kids may be having a tough time understanding the Pirates' moves this off-season. Tonight at 8, how to talk to your kids about the
6: Pirates.
7: Daddy, why would they trade Coltrane and Cutch? Yeah, Dad, I thought you said Andrew McCutcheon was the face of the Pirates. I thought the face of the Pirates was a pirate.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sweetheart, it's just a figure of speech. It means that he wasn't just the best player, he was the player they were building their whole franchise around.
7: But why were the pirates cut off the face? Despite the nose? Yeah, because that's not a thing.
1: Yeah, no, cutting off your face despite your nose is definitely not a thing. I guess when it comes down to it, they thought that trading Kutch made the most sense for the organization. It was a business decision.
7: My multiplication tables now. But explain to me how this is good math. That's like Chuck E. Cheese trading away Chucky. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese would never do that. Because they care about people. And they want us to be happy on our birthday.
1: Yeah, well, the pirates don't care about your birthday.
7: Pirates but, but don't care about my birthday.
1: <laughs> no, 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 sweetheart. No, no. I didn't mean that. It's not that they don't care about your birthday. They don't care about anyone's birthday!
7: They don't care about (laughs) anyone's
4: birthday! (laughs) How to talk to your kids (laughs) about the Pirates. Sometimes the truth hurts, but a
1: little bit of sugar helps the medicine go down. Look girls, the, the Pirates got some young players to add to an already pretty young roster, so you never know, they could be good this year.
7: Who did they get? Yeah, did they get the face of someone else's foyer tribe?
1: Um, no, but they, they did get a pitcher who has some control issues for their bullpen, and they got the fourth prospect of the Giants.
7: So we got a bootleg wild thing and a jabroni from their <laughs> farm system? Yeah. Will train still get hammered at Penguins games?
1: Probably. <laughs>
7: Will Kutch's son Steel grow up here still?
1: Probably not.
7: How could a Pixball team get rid of coal and steel? Yeah, that's part of who we are.
1: Look, I don't know what to tell you. They just didn't want to pay to keep Cutch and coal, alright? 2016 might as well have been a bridge year to Narnia. Jay Hay once traded, and they probably won't win again until you both can drink legally.
7: Uh, Dad, you're losing it, man. Yeah, I'm worried about you, dude.
1: I'm sorry, girls. It's just, it's been a rough weekend for Pittsburgh sports.
7: At least we still have the Steelers and Patriots to look forward to. Yeah, we're too.
1: Yeah, about that.
7: We'll play them in Haiti. We'll play them in...
1: <laughs> in next season. We'll play them in next season. Okay, good night, girls. I love you.
4: How to talk to your kids about the Pirates. Tonight, on DVE. Everything. Mike Pursuit with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, and Coach Tomlin met with the media. The year-end <laughs> summation, God. and it was 21 minutes of... Mike
1: called it filibustering.
10: Yeah, it <laughs> was filibuster. Yeah, he should run for Congress when he's done coaching. Not that that should be anytime soon. I'm not taking pot shots I do understand, coaching, but boy, that, that was a waste of everybody's time. It really was. Did and any I understand- reporters say,
1: reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time, <laughs> i understand that he doesn't
4: want to you know there's guys livelihoods at stake here and he doesn't want to be cavalier
10: about speculating about somebody's job i would appreciate hey guys i know we do this on tuesdays i don't have any answers for you yet stay tuned we'll let you know about the staff we'll let you know about the players i got nothing it's too soon we just lost we have a lot to go through I i got nothing for you so you would have liked that in advance, or when you got there, he just said, Either, hey, either would have been preferable to just... 22 you know, minutes of... Just droning on just for the sake of droning there. on. Uh, one of the subjects that uh, Mike Tomlin addressed while droning was how long it's going to take to sort out what went wrong and why and how the Steelers uh, intend to give that
9: procedure all the time it deserves and needs. You know, we're going through our same... Uh, End-of-the-year type procedures uh, that we go through, um, exit meetings and physicals and so forth, assessing or starting the assessment process. Um, How we end this is very critical in terms of how we begin the next one. Uh, So you don't want to be in a hurry to end it, uh, even though it can be uncomfortable and painful and so forth. Um, it's important that we turn the stones over and gather information and really assess. and So that's what we're in the process of doing. It's not a short process, and I by no means am in, in, the, in the business of rushing it. I can give him a starting point if he
10: wants. Uh, <laughs> last six games, including that playoff loss to Jacksonville, the Steelers averaged 26.7 points allowed per game. That is a staggering number. That is an avalanche of points against. Yes. And that coincides with uh, Ryan Shazier leaving the lineup after he got hurt three defensive snaps into the game on December the 4th at Cincinnati. By contrast, the teams that are in the NFL's Final Four, Minnesota's number one in scoring defense, 15.8 a game. Jacksonville's two, 16.8. This is regular season numbers. Um. Uh, Philadelphia is 4 at 18.4, and New England is 5th at 18.5. And the only reason New England is 5th, the Patriots were wretched for the first month. They gave up 42, 20, 33, and 33 in their first four games when they started 2-2. Two and two. And we all thought, oh, they're slappy this year. Nah, they got the defense fixed, and they still have Tom Brady. The Steelers can get the That's defense. That's how it's
1: supposed to go. Your defense is supposed to tighten yeah. up as the season goes
10: on. The Steelers became an easy pass to the end zone. Horrible, and you know that's there's there's a lot they got to they got to find another Ryan Shazier, and they got to figure out why their defensive line went south when they really needed it, and uh, why Artie Burns regressed, and why Sean Davis regressed, and if Mike Mitchell is the guy they want playing safety, and why Bud Dupree seemingly de- regressed. They've been trying to build this defense for about four or five years, and all of a sudden it looks like they didn't get anywhere.
1: A lot of first and second round picks
10: on that side of the ball.
4: Looks like they're uh, in worse shape, Mike,
10: or at least you know, back where they started. And I, you know, I thought coming out of last year, coming out of that AFC Championship game in New England, yeah, they had defensive problems up there, but that was Tom Brady, and and there was rookies involved, and there there seemed more reason for uh, optimism and anticipated continue a continuing of progression than there is. Right now, at least to me I don't see a whole lot of reason to get excited about what they got going on defense right now
4: if Ryan Shazier was there, would it only be masking the real
10: problems they have? It'd be a hell of a mask <laughs> they were very effective at times with him in the lineup this year, not all the time he was there in Chicago and he was there the first time against Jacksonville, but they they put together very representative performances. That you would expect from a playoff caliber team or a contending caliber team with him. Without him, they were a bunch of guys running around. It looked like they couldn't stop Pitt. Bad example. I, I don't say. think they were that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Without him, they weren't very good. Let me. I'll try not to make it. So another analogy. draft full of defense. Uh, you'd ha- you'd have to assume, right? Except quarterback and running back. What do you do with those positions? Free agent middle linebacker this year. I'd
1: say a combination of both inside linebacker and safety, depending yeah. on what's available in free agency. You, you do the other one in the draft.
10: Probably more likely to get the safety in the free agency and the linebacker in the draft. But just a hunch. I, I've I've done no draft study. Not to mention
4: anything. Bud Dupree is up and uh, is not the answer. So another potential hole you got to fill.
10: Well, is he not the answer? or Did he just regress? And, and do they? Have, is there more to get there? And why aren't they getting it?
4: Uh, Joey Porter's probably got to go i would imagine at this point they need to go in another direction yeah. can't be letting harrison sleep in meetings have inefficiency from number one draft picks
10: one thing i want to say about the the staff and the, the, just the operation in general is i would not attack next year in anything resembling the status quo no you got to shake it up i'm not in those meetings i don't know who does what i don't know who's really responsible mm-hmm. for what but to bring this all back relative to the same other than, you know, the player comings and goings, to to just pick up where you left off and say, oh, it'll be different next year. I think that's, that's an inaccurate There needs assumption. to be
4: a yeah. sea change. But what about the uh, reports where the minority owners are going to petition Art Rooney to change the head coach?
10: Yeah, they may lose their key to the executive uh, washroom if they do that.
4: Yeah, I can't imagine.
10: That's not something they should spend a second thinking about.
4: No way. No. Other than Belichick, since Mike Tomlin's come in the league, who's been better? Nobody. Right. He's the second best coach
10: behind. He didn't have a good game either, but. He had a terrible game. <laughs> yeah. But it's not but, a hanging uh, offense. It's not a firing offense. It's baby not, with uh, the bathwater. Yeah.
1: Can't do it. Since that Super Bowl, though, his um, his record in the postseason hasn't been good. And Todd
4: Haley's probably going to lose his job because he doesn't get along with the quarterback. Which is what happens. It's not yeah. because, not because the offense is inefficient, Mike. And the quarterback. Hey, the
10: quarterback I'm in New England got rid of a, another quarterback. I'm glad Ben Roethlisberger's coming back, and he's critical to any success they're going to have the rest of the way. But don't look at that playoff game and say 42 points. The offense did its thing. It's not on them. Their hand, their their fingerprints are on the the body as well. Um Two turnovers early in the game by Ben that helped Jacksonville get 28 quick points and really sent that game spiring out of control and had the Steelers in chase mode the rest of the way. That's, that wasn't good enough either. They needed, they, they needed better from their offense than what they got.
4: Merrill Hodge, when we return on DV... Sometimes it takes a little extra between the commercials and us cracking the mic to come on air because <laughs> we're Screaming. Screaming because we're just livid that we're not talking about the AFC Championship game right now. Joining us to not talk about that is Merrill mm-hmm. Hodge. Good morning, Merrill. How
2: are
3: Merrill. you?
4: <laughs> yeah, Merrill, thanks for a great yeah. season, what I'll tell you, here's what we're talking about. We're pointing fingers, Merrill. Yeah. If you're going to, if you. Uh, we're it, pointing the finger, not the
10: thumb, Merrill, because it wasn't my fault. It <laughs> wasn't Randy's <laughs> That's fault. That's right. It wasn't Crawford's the fault. I don't think it was your fault. We were so all I there. I want to know who the hell's fault it was.
4: Now, let's do it like this What to you was the turning point in that game? If you could erase one play in that game for the Steelers,
10: what would it be? Sack, fumble, return, touchdown. I asked Merrill. Yeah, oh, any, sorry. yeah any
12: time. Well, like, listen, no, the Steelers. The most significant statistic that defines an outcome of a game of of a football game is turnovers. You know, so turnovers. I mean, turnovers. And then you know, then you just you couldn't stop them when it mattered. I mean, you clawed your way back into it, and and every time they did, it was like, man, okay, I just need one more stop. And you know, the Jacksonville's credit—they always responded. You know, they, you, you thought they'd be able to stop them and they never could. You know, that's the problem. You know, you just can't give up that many points. Even with that turnover sack fumble, man, I, I can tell you this, there's not a team I've ever been on, nor ever heard about, that's ever talked about giving up that many points and win. They just, that, that's not even on a goal board. That's unrealistic. Like if you said, well, we're going to give up 40, 40 plus. And like well, we ain't going to win <laughs> <laughs>
3: this
12: week that's what you'd say you're maybe like, we ain't gonna win, we can't have that kind of goal yeah. uh, it's unfortunate i uh you know i I didn't expect them to get pushed around like they did in the first matchup um but you know they're they're really the two worst losses of the year that happened you know to Chicago and well three now Jacksonville did it twice to them, and you, know, you just. You can't stop that. You know, they run. Uh, I mean, it just. That's why that that element is so significant and makes such a difference. You control. They controlled the whole game because they could do that. Just controlled it. They could do whatever they wanted, when they wanted, even if the Steelers got close.
4: How? Just... Sorry. I, I, the, the Mike Tomlin uh, uh, decision to onside kick with two and a half left.
10: Yeah, I
12: was a little surprised at that. You know, um,. But now, all the things we just talked about, maybe felt like this is my best chance to get the ball back because not, we can't stop them.
4: That's what he you said. Know, yeah, I'm doing
12: a very good. Yeah, and I so I I I I get that. I can completely understand that. You know, that's where um, you know being in the heat of battle on the sideline and all the talk that's going on that nobody's privy to, no fan, no nobody, no no media nothing. I mean. You know, you just know more down on that field than you do off that field. And I'm sure that there's a feeling we can't stop them. So let's try to get, let's get an onside kick. And then the execution of it, whoa.
4: Now def- like, whoa. Yeah, whoa. the execution was bad. Boswell's had, yeah, uh, I- as good as he's been at kicking field goals, he's not been great at trying the onside kick here in Pittsburgh. Man,
12: yeah, he's like, wow, that was like the first time. I was like, was that the first time you ever tried that? <laughs> <laughs> that
4: was bad. Yeah. That's funny. Oh boy! Well, the Steelers once again are probably going to have to load up on defense in the off season. Why haven't they been able to rebuild this D over the course of several seasons?
12: That's a good, question, Randy. I don't know how to answer that. You know, um,
4: Artie Burns, Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt.
12: Yeah, yeah. You know, and there were some uh, improvements this year. There's no doubt from last year. There clearly is. But you know, just the. the They've never been, you know, you know, really since that, the, the defense, what you could argue, like five, six, seven, eight years ago, I mean, with the footers they had in the 3-4, when you thought of Casey Hampton and, uh, Kiesel, Smith, I mean, that was the foundation of that defense. I know we've probably talked about it before, but I, I would talk to defensive coordinators, I, I have offensive coordinators about that defense when they had them at times. and And all of them would say the same thing to me. they like, man, you know, the linebackers, that, that's not the problem. You can't move three guys in the trenches. He goes, we got five and six guys committed just to move them. So if we're committing six guys to move them and we can't move them, it's very hard to get to the linebackers, you know, and then that was, they just, that's what you need. You just need three footers. If you're going to play a 3 4 and you're going to be like that man. They just can't be moved. They can't be denied. And they've just not had that. They've not had that over, you know, several years. And until you have that, you know, that's why your linebackers are insignificant. Your secondaries are insignificant. But you have know, the greatest talent in all the world, you know, on offense. And if your offensive line's not very good, you're not going to maximize your talent. You know, mm-hmm. that's why that offensive line, defensive line, they always get overlooked once a team becomes becomes good. When the Steelers are so dominant defensively, you hardly talked about they I mean most fans start to wreck would know that, but still the linebackers make the play, so most of the right. time so it's looked at well, that's the key when in reality it is in the trenches. The one thing that has actually always been interesting in all the years I've played, all the years studying this game, the thing when a super Bowl wins a Super Bowl, that's usually the two things that stood out throughout the whole playoffs. You know, as you study, especially if you watch them on tape, you're like, wow, they're so good up front. You know, they don't get handled up front. They handle things up front. Both sides of the ball, that's why. That's why I went. I remember when the Giants went on a run and they'd struggled, you know, when they beat the Patriots um, in Phoenix. That was the turning point of their whole team. But, however, that would never be talked about. That was probably not even thought about. That would never be a story because the Patriots, uh, you beat the Patriots and they didn't go undefeated. But that's why the Giants won the Super Bowl, you know, But on the catch. I mean, that's good. It's yeah. highlighted, rightfully so, but that wasn't the key to their turnaround or their win. It was how well they played in the trenches.
4: Merrill, there was a lot made about the distractions off the field, about giving them bulletin board material. on Bell, the night before the game, yeah. saying, hey, we got a couple of rematches. We're coming back with the Patriots. They pointed to that. The Jacksonville Jaguars pointed to that as a motivating factor. Going forward, if you're Mike Tomlin, Do you have a little tighter rein on these guys uh, on social media and just try to make sure that they're treating the opponents with respect instead of coming at them like, you know, we're going to come and crush you and everything? Like, is there a right way? I mean, we know how the Patriots do it.
12: Right. Listen, you know, they they call it the Patriot way. Listen, here, I go back. Well, first of all, I would because there's no – there is absolutely no value in doing things like that. It's so unprofessional, too. You know, I remember the Houston Oilers used to do that crap all the time. I mean, they—they—you cannot tell you how much that fuels the opponent. It just fuels you. It gives you that extra edge. You—you you stew in it all week. You think about it all week. I mean, and to say that—that's listen. There's nobody in the National Football League that is just so superior. And here, I think there's another problem that they've had. Because they're so talented, I think people think, well, because they're so talented, they'll win. But listen, because the, the, they are not so superiorly talented that they just walk out on the field and win games. You know, this is not like college, you know. You, or you, you, A majority of the time, you're like that. And Our guys are better than your guys, so it really doesn't matter what you do, we're going to win. In the NFL, it doesn't happen. Even in, mm-hmm. in Cleveland, it's a dogfight. you know, to win games. Right. You just don't. See people, but, listen, I clearly, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that, remember Herm Edwards and I, Herm Edwards one day, I can't, it was something like this just several years ago, and he was talking about old school. You know, old school, and he started about, you know, accountability, and working hard, and habits, and responsibility. And when he's talking, I'm like, you know, Herm, I just don't believe that. I really don't. He's like, what? I said, listen, I don't believe in old school. I just believe it's the only school. Because you're telling me that that changed in 1975 to 2005 or 2050. It's any different in any era? It's not. How you win and how you take on any challenge in life or any professional life or any success in life, all those are footers and staples of success. And if you think you can get away with it or you don't need it, well, you're going to get exposed. Eventually, you get exposed. And just all those little things of being a professional, you need to put into place. You know, if you really want to win a championship, that's ultimately your passion, what you're living for, that's what you live and die for to do. Which that's the only thing that drove me to play. Is you do all of that at a professional level. Yeah, don't help them. Meryl, you don't need it, and you're not that good that you can do that. So,
4: if you had the deciding power, last thing for you, if you're in Art Rooney's office, do you change coordinators?
12: Well, You know what, Randy, I, I think about that all the time. I, I don't know, and here's why I don't know. I mean, it's easy to fire people. And I, you know, as soon as it's over, i like, ah, fire. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to get? And do and you know what change does? And who are you going to bring in? I mean, you know, everybody's like on the offensive side. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I mean, you don't have seven around very long.
4: I know, but can I, he, I he survive got... with a guy he hates? I mean, him and Haley do not... They butt heads. Yeah, means- well,
12: well. Here's the deal. Here, here. I'll answer it like this: If you change um, coordinators, especially on the offensive side, I would not schematically change my philosophy. Meaning, I, whoever I brought in, right. they're going to really have to adapt to what's going on here. Yeah. Bring so We want kind of a new, fresh set. I don't come in here and go, you know what? We're going to start all over. We're going because I'm going to tell you this. Seven will be like what? You know, I, I don't, listen, I ain't time for new learning for me, you know. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough, and so that's the only thing I would do. If you did it, you know, you'd have to be um, under this condition. Like, listen, we're not going to change much, especially offensive side. Now, defensively, you know, because you've been getting handled so much in the, in the running game, you just have a you struggle with that over the last years. I would want a new fresh set of eyes, and what do we got to do differently here, you know, i and so it might be just personnel, too, you know, in you know, combination. Coaching is important. There's a lot of value in coaching. So fresh set of eyes there and maybe a different way to look at it so we can get better at it because that was ultimately what haunted us when we lost this year.
4: Merrill Hodge, thank you for another great season, yeah, brother. We Merrill. love you. Yeah. The longest-running long, yeah. member of Every the of it. DVE morning show. Nobody's been on the mornings longer than Merrill Hodge. I like that. I love it. That's a
1: great stat. All right, he was man. a question on the uh, on the uh, the quiz, the Steelers season quiz.
4: Oh, yeah, we did a season quiz. Uh, when for, did
1: Merrill Hodge start on DVE?
4: For yeah, we did a a, a quiz and gave away tickets to the game. And that you were an answer to, or you were a subject of one of the questions.
12: I love it, man. I love being a subject of DVE, man. <laughs> DVE launched my career, baby. Yeah, I man. Love DVE,
4: right on. You learned how to talk on Rambo mics back in the day. <laughs>
12: That's right. I got to keep the mic about, you know, four or five inches. Don't, don't swallow into the mic. Be you know, a little closer to the mic. Sit back. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of uh, boo-boo bullet, bullet points. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> boo-boo bullet, bullet points. Point. <laughs> Merrill, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> right. Merrill has been brought to you by Wright Automotive this morning on DVE. When we come back, that was interesting. the Tomlin translator will parse through his words yesterday and get to the real meaning of what he was saying. Also, Mark Madden in the 9 o'clock hour, D.V.E. Mario, as we turn our eyes towards the Penguins now that the Steelers season is over and the Pirates uh, have basically given up, Uh, we are uh, turning our sole focus to the Penguins. So uh, D.V.E. Mario has some words to say about that. Val's next.
0: We're going to talk about uh, the fact that men may become obsolete, and I'll tell you why.
4: My favorite part of the doctor yesterday was uh, this.
0: There was an incident recently where the president appeared to slur his words while giving an address. Um, did you look into what the cause of that might have been at all?
11: I think the reason for that was, quite honestly, me being up here right now, I think I will need a drink of water. Uh, I, but... Uh, I think that um, I had given the President some medication, uh, specifically some Sudafed over the days previous, and I think that I had inadvertently kind of dried up his secretions a little bit more than uh, than I intended to. and I oh, think that oh that's too, right. that oh, it.
1: That's, people get divorced over that. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, honey, uh, my secretions are all dried up. <laughs> inadvertently dried up your secretions. Isn't that a country <laughs> song?
4: <laughs> uh, gotta be discreet when you're drying up
7: secretions.
4: Randy Bauman and the DVD The irony of that show. being, of course, that Trump has dried up the secretions of millions of women. Val <laughs> has news right now.
0: Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. <laughs> Whoop. Apparently...
4: <laughs> Looks like uh going to be a 100% chance of getting the let out.
0: <laughs> Try that.
4: Yeah. All right. uh, that. There yeah, you go, for, Valerie.
6: All right. Forecast a day anyway. today. Oop, today, otherwise, just very cold. 16 for the high, 12 overnight tonight, and then a windy day on Thursday. But at least the temperature pushes up to near 31 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center. 11. I got
4: to tell you, when I was driving in today. I didn't think it was, uh, that, you know, I don't like. Go outside and brush off my car or anything. I, I got the garage, but mm-hmm. like typically, I feel like I can tell when it's a lot
1: when it's super cold. Today it didn't feel that cold.
0: Yeah, I am I numb ended. to it? I think so. I, think I also
1: I think you were inside your garage. Yeah, I know, I think but that even has then, a big part of it.
0: The only positive I thought because I was morning, outside and it was
1: freezing. Oh, okay.
4: From
0: this is if it kills all the ticks. And the tick season isn't as bad this spring and summer, and I'm okay with
1: it. Val always thinks. Like I love that. That's how that's where woman. Val goes to.
0: Because isn't that wasn't that the thing last summer? You're
2: basically
4: oh. Renee Zellweger in Cold Mountain.
0: It kills all the ticks, and that's all that matters. <laughs> wasn't that the thing last summer? Oh, because we have mild winters that you know the ticks don't.
4: Yeah. Don't w- die off. Destroyed. I always wonder if that has something to do with the flu too. If not cold like, enough, that not
0: killing the germs.
4: Yeah. I, I, I don't, don't
0: know. And that doesn't seem to be the case this year cuz the flu is supposed to be worst work really it's bad.
4: ever been. Um it it snowed in the desert. It's snowing in <laughs> Florida today. It's -8 wind chill in Montgomery, Alabama. These things are not normal.
0: Crazy nope. crazy weather stuff.
4: California was on fire, then it was buried in mud. This has been a bizarre few months.
0: Yes. And it will probably continue. President Trump is on the stump tomorrow at an industrial equipment company in Coriopolis. The president will speak at H&K Equipment about 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. Trump is expected to discuss the recently passed tax bill and lend his support to Rick Sacone. He is running for Tim Murphy's vacated 18th congressional district seat. That uh, event tomorrow reportedly not open to the public.
4: Special election in Wisconsin yesterday in a... uh Uh, area where Trump won by 17 in a district he won by 17 points in the election and went to a Democrat for the first time in 20 years wow
1: hopefully tomorrow he talks about bringing coal back not not actual coal Garrett
0: (laughs) Former White House aide Steve Bannon is facing subpoenas from a House committee in the special counsel. The House Intelligence Committee issued a subpoena in its Russia probe yesterday. That's after Bannon refused to answer questions about his time in the White House. New York Times reports Bannon was also issued a subpoena by special counsel Robert Mueller in his investigation into Russian meddling in the election.
6: I
1: wish I could do that. Don't you just in your regular life invoke some sort of executive privilege? I'm sorry, I can't talk about that. I just can't talk. To you at all, or answer anything you're asking me. It would come in handy with your significant others.
4: <laughs> I'm <laughs> not, gonna, not at liberty to discuss. Today. Not at liberty to discuss. I'm invoking the fifth.
0: World leaders in government, business, and academia overwhelmingly see a rising risk of war. The survey of nearly 1,000 leaders is out today, less than a week before many of those leaders will will gather in Davos, Switzerland, for the annual World Economic Forum. The Global Risks report shows 79% of those surveyed do see a higher risk of military conflict. The report is critical of President Trump's decision to pull out of the Paris Climate Accord and the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade agreement. Trump is scheduled to speak in Davos next week. A Kentucky plastic surgeon is in serious trouble for allegedly showing up for surgery, drunk. Officers say Dr. Ted Gerstle got to Baptist Health Hospital earlier this week to work on a patient, but then took off when confronted about his drinking. The good doctor didn't get very far. He was arrested a short time later. He is facing public intoxication charges, and he's also been suspended from working at the hospital.
1: Scott Mike's Hard Lemonade. (laughs)
4: Let's do this. He just takes the scalpel and throws it at a dartboard. (laughs)
1: Wait, hold on. Peanuts. What? Cracker Jacks.
0: (laughs) A scientist at Harvard University has seen the future, and she believes sex sex robots could make men obsolete. Kathy O'Neill thinks guys could be replaced by dashing men bots who not only give physical pleasure, (laughs) but also do household chores. Oh, really? hey. She hmm. says we're on a seems path. Like, seems like they're lacking
4: one one big uh, component there, Val.
0: This says that they they'll give physical pleasure.
1: Yeah, but what about oh, what, what about the what about the babies? What, what about, about the uh, the children or our future?
0: I don't know. Maybe they they'll be equipped with that.
1: I know some some guys that'll be in line to buy that for their wives. Uh-huh. Have him do the chores and pleasure you <laughs> and pleasure you. Yeah, I'll be on the couch. Uh, farting she, into my wings
0: <laughs> she said we're on a path to where these robots will outperform men leaving many women the easy choice of living with a reliable fun machine and leaving flawed humans behind oh, a I reliable
7: know.
1: fun machine yeah let me know how that works works out for you who are you going to get to uh, fix that thing when it breaks down
0: another robot
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got can you call AAA for that <laughs>
0: People are grumpier on social media in the morning, especially winter mornings. So right now we're peak grumpy.
4: Maybe that's why Trump's always pissed at when he's tweeting in the morning. Or maybe it's because he's taking a grumpy. Yeah, he's <laughs> taking a grumpy, he's grumpy. It's just too much grumpy.
0: Researchers examined over 800 million Twitter messages sent at different times of the day and different times of the year and discovered some trends. Probably not surprising, people are grumpier in the winter months and in the mornings, and they post more positive things in spring and summer when days are longer and sunnier and warmer and beautiful and I mean isn't that happy. sort of
1: like a metaphor for life if you think about life and seasons, like when it's coldest and dark out all the time.
0: I'm in the winter you're of in my the life.
1: worst mood. Well when la- it's bright and sunny and flowers are blooming, you're in a better mood. If um
4: Last night was any indication, Pittsburgh social media, the traffic as a result of the weather and the roads roads that had not been plowed. uh, That was, I'm surprised we don't have a bunch of yinzers in the news over that because people were stuck in traffic for a long time trying to get home from work last
1: night. Oh my God. I had to drive my daughters to their gymnastic class and it was like through Carnegie and Crafton and it was just snow just covered in the streets.
4: Yeah. Side roads were not good awful. for a long time last night. They seemed to be better on my way in this morning,
0: mm-hmm.
4: but there was a lot yeah, of sliding around.
0: If you're lo- Slippy out there. If you're looking for a new job, how about the job of chicken nugget connoisseur? A
7: grocery I consider store? myself to already have that position.
0: <laughs> a grocery store chain in uh, Merseyside, England, is looking for such a person. They want somebody who will taste test nuggets, fish sticks, and other frozen food items and that person's job will entail helping the store figure out which brands are the best. They say it is only a part-time gig, and there's no word on whether or not it pays beyond the $35 a month uh, The gift card that will get all the frozen food for you to test.
1: I'm going to put in my two weeks.
0: Flores, teens, for the high today, it's three degrees at DVE. All
1: right,
4: uh... Each week, we take Mike Tomlin's press conference and the answers that he provides and run them through the Tomlin Translator, an app that was developed at CMU that parses through what Coach Tomlin uh, says and provides the subtext, the real meaning of his answers to Pittsburgh media. Yesterday (laughs) was a bit of a, uh, a crazy day because he was trying to avoid talking about a lot of stuff. So this... Made the Tomlin translator come in particularly handy. Uh, one of the, the first questions uh, asked about the staff and who will come back and what the story is
9: there. Mike, do you, do you expect uh, your coaching staff to come back intact next year? Or? Again, um, you know, I don't know where these roads are going to lead. Okay,
4: through the translator.
13: Who gives a sh- whether or not my staff will come back? <laughs> I hope I'm coming back. Thomas Tull got his sights on me like he's Donald Trump and I'm a porn star holding a Big Mac. Okay, uh, so
4: <laughs> Thomas Tall, yeah, supposedly all the minority owners want to get rid of out. Tomlin. What's going on with that? Uh, all right, the next question about Todd Haley and Ben Roethlisberger, their relationship. Are
6: you content with how Ben and Todd Haley interact? and Can you see that as a relationship that will be positive <clears throat> moving forward?
9: You know, I, I'm gathering information on all relationships and things of that nature. You know, that's what that's the process that I'm in <laughs> right now. <laughs> that's an ridiculous answer <laughs> through the translator.
13: They hate each other's guts. They despise each other. I wouldn't be surprised if Ben sent someone to galoot Lee Todd Haley outside
9: of Tequila Cowboy.
3: Okay.
8: Uh, the next
4: question was about uh, how he evaluates the uh, coaching staff. The
9: criteria that you use when
11: you evaluate a coaching staff.
9: Man, I you know we we're, we're all a product of the end result. You know we are what the record says we are, um, but then it's also your will players and coaches. What are you willing to do? I know what you're capable of, uh, but what what you're capable of very rarely defines you in this business. What you're willing to do uh, is what defines you and what you're willing to do on a uh. consistent basis. Okay, through the translator. If the
13: quarterback hates you, I'd have to evaluate that your ass is fire. It's not what you're capable of. It's what you're willing to do. For instance, I was capable of not calling for the onside kick, but I wasn't willing to pull my head out of my uh-huh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there was a question about uh, Hines becoming the next coach Is receivers. Richard receivers coach?
9: You know, again, I don't I'm not willing to talk about anybody being in line for anything. I've yet to visit with Richard Mann, All you right. know, so that's where it starts for me. Through the translator there.
13: I hope I still have a job. Why does Thomas Tull hate me? Yeah, he seemed to be
9: obsessing <laughs> about that.
13: Some.
4: Uh, then there was a, a question about Mike Munchak maybe going to the Cardinals.
10: What's the status of Mike Munchak in relation to the, the Cardinals job that you interviewed for?
9: Um, he's, he's been on an interview. You know, um, I don't know what's next or if, if there's anything next. You know, Oftentimes, those people hold those cards, and they're probably better equipped to answer that than, than, than myself, for sure.
4: Right, through the translator.
13: If I were him, and they offered me the job, I would remove myself from the cast of this never-ending soap opera asap.
8: <laughs> <laughs> then there was a question
4: about uh, Ben's return.
9: With uh, Ben coming back, you're saying he's coming back, does that help you as you go into your preparation for the offseason? You know, Ben's on the contract, so we proceed with that assumption. We proceeded with that assumption a year ago mm-hmm.
4: through the translator.
13: Ben never wanted to retire. He just wanted Todd Haley to retire. That's true.
4: Those two, they just do not get along. Then the question about the quarterback sneak.
6: Speaking of Ben, Mike, uh, he had said that he has in the past lobbied for the QB sneak to be part of your offense, up to and including even asking you to go for QB draws from the two-yard line. Um, is that, in fact, the case, and would you consider making a QB sneak more a part of the offense?
9: Yeah, I, you know, that's one of the best things about that guy. His will is continually on display, particularly at those critical moments, man. He wants to be the guy. Wow,
4: a real sort of flowery yeah. assessment of Ben there through the translator.
13: My God, Ben is really throwing me under the bus with this quarterback sneak bull of crap.
4: <laughs> uh, then uh, he was asked about uh, the player's social media use.
14: Mike, would you like the players to be less active on social media or talking before games, or how do you deal with that?
9: I got I got teenage kids that are 16 and 17, so I understand that that's part of this world. It's not the world that I grew up in. I'm 45, um, so you know I, I'm I'm learning to understand it.
4: Well, he seems to have a very accepting sort of viewpoint of, of social media use through the translator.
9: Are you kidding me?
13: I'm just glad these morons haven't resorted to tweeting out our game plan each week. <laughs> of course, I want them to stop <laughs> tweeting.
4: Uh, then the Benzie brought back up the uh, controversial calls that, uh, that occurred on the fourth downs and the the onside kick.
6: What goes into the thinking of some of those calls? And I know you stood by them afterwards. Any second thoughts on at this point?
9: Um, I know analytically they probably fall into, you know, the lower percentages and things of that nature. But, you know, if I err, I'm always going to err on the side of taking action in an effort to win. I don't fear, uh, failure. Through the translator.
13: I don't fear failure. But I sure as hell am getting good at it. Okay, and then there was
4: the uh, the the stuff about Tony Dungy that you know the comments he made about look you know um, having his eyes set on the Patriots well in advance of playing them.
6: You say to the perception, fair or not, that your words to Tony Dungy set a precedent for looking ahead to opponents this year. I
9: right. I can't worry about those things, guys. Um. Okay, through the translator. I
13: worry about it nonstop and I wish like hell I never said it.
4: Yeah. That's. Yeah, that seems. <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. More correct. And finally, coach had to basically accept the fact, uh, you know, he's asked now not about the AFC Championship, but about
9: the Pro Bowl. What's the opportunity for you to coach at the Pro Bowl? What's that? You know, I'm really excited about it, you know, to get an opportunity to. To work with guys that are honored as the best in the business, to spend some intimate moments with them, to enjoy them, uh, is a special thing and honor. To the translator.
13: It's completely humiliating, <laughs> it's not even in Hawaii, it's in Orlando. That's not a reward, that's a sentence. Uh-huh, yeah, there,
4: there you go, the Tomlin translator does the work for you once again. Prince. Sports. Mike Pursutti here with your sports on the DVE Morning Show and kind of a useless day <laughs> with Mike Tomlin.
10: Yeah, you heard all that he didn't have to say. Uh, thank God we had the translator.
4: That, yeah, it so really that, got to the bottom of there it. There was a lot of
10: hidden meaning there, apparently, right. which I missed the first time. Sure, and that's, had what, to drill deep. <laughs> that's
4: what it's there for.
10: Pirates also in the news this week, and uh, we've heard from Bob Nunning, at least a version of Um There was another version that uh, got behind a microphone this week and spoke about the Andrew McCutcheon
11: trade. We really do respect the fans, appreciate their passion. We understand their anger. We understand their frustration. We really did take that into account in this decision. It didn't make anything easier. Uh, but at the end of the day, we needed to come back to how do we bring talent in for the long haul of the organization, how do we make sure that we're building a sustainable winner, how do we do the right thing for the franchise over time. In this case, it created a very challenging decision, and I would ask the fans to recognize that we all, Neil, Frank, myself, and Clint, have the best interest of the pittsburgh pirates at heart we believe this move will help us be competitive and bring a championship back to pittsburgh
4: he is so full of crap honest to god he He is i mean he is the he's the worst he's the worst
1: he should never ever speak never never be seen what a joke he's baghdad bob nutting jr An absolute insult
10: to the intelligence of every sports fan in Pittsburgh. The mere sight of him infuriates anyone who cares a little bit about the Pirates. That guy is reverse Robin Hood.
1: (laughs) The old inverted steal from the poor and give to yourself
10: ploy. (laughs) Reverse Robin Hood. Uh, the fallout from the McCutcheon trade has included uh, Josh Harrison issuing a statement to The Athletic in which he states, among other things, quote, my passion for Pittsburgh, what it has meant to me, what it means to me can never be questioned. I love this city. I love the fans. I love my teammates. Uh, if indeed the team does not expect to contend this year or next, perhaps it would be better for all involved that I also am traded. Sounds good. See ya.
1: See when somebody Get inside. the F out of here. When somebody inside the organization does this, to use another metaphor, it's like pulling back the curtain and exposing the whiz. You you can't sell what he just tried to sell us in that first soundbite and then have a player go, hey, I want to be traded because it's pretty clear to me you're not trying to win. Yeah. He's on the team. Right.
10: Another uh, take on this, an interesting one from Peter Gammons in The Athletic. He wrote about what the Pirates have done. Bob
4: Nutty should be booed loudly in public, by the
10: way, if you just see him scream, yeah. boo. Maybe stoned. Like, well, like no you, really advocate you can said, advocate rocks throwing people. rocks
4: at people. Yeah, yeah. at people. Never mind that. Not anymore.
10: Here's, here's what Peter Gammons had to say about this uh, in The Athletic. He said, there's criticism of the Pirates because many believe Clint Frazier had the highest upside of any prospect discussed in the Astros or Yankees deals. He's talking about not trading coal to the Yankees. They didn't get Clint Frazier back, who is supposed to be an elite-type talent. Uh, Huntington and the Pirates decided on depth, and when some of the internal analysts ran the numbers on Monday morning, the depth they acquired made them a little better on paper than they were before the trade. Now, my problem with this stuff, we can all agree that Andrew McCutcheon's in decline, right? going to be say in decline. He's, but he's not going to be <laughs> MVP win in 2013 Andrew McCutcheon anymore, right? Uh, n- no, that's yeah. I think he's still pretty good, though, but in decline. He's well. I, I wouldn't say he's think- in decline. I, I would say he's plateaued. I mean, they've moved him out of center field. He can't play there anymore. Right. Garrett Cole has never lived up the you know the one year, and then it's been two disappointing years after that. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I guess what I'm clumsily getting to is my problem is that they did not want to pay these two specific guys. It's that they want to pay nobody. No, exactly. I don't mind getting rid of these guys, but get some bang back. You know what I mean? Go out and get a number one if Garrett Cole's not that the guy. The thing
4: about that, too, is that you don't attract anybody to your team if you don't have great players there. Yeah. So th- nobody's going to go, hey, you know what? They got depth. I want to go where they have depth.
10: Well, I want to go where they have a chance. Yeah, I want to go where they have a chance.
1: And conversely, when you trade away the franchise player one year before, you could have just let him walk and escaped this PR
10: disaster. Or you don't even do it. In season, and give us the roost that you think you're going to compete, and then it's June and you're 30 games out. So now you trade guys. That's a little more palatable than this, right? I really Definitely wonder. Yeah.
4: I know there's lots of boycotts being organized for Opening Day. Well, I, I wonder. I know. Look, it'll be
10: what a packed house. A lot of noise, a lot of people mouthing well, off on Twitter. If you
4: don't think that they'll be there? You don't think that attendance is going way down? Oh, by the way, the tax laws have changed, and, or- and companies can't just throw money at this stuff and use it as a tax write-off the way they used to be able to? That's going to hit them in a the wallet in a big way, too. Because who's going to want... If you have income to do that, there's no way you're going to do it with the Pirates. So I'm sure their luxury box sales are going down.
10: Yeah, I wonder about that. We'll see. It's, it's an interesting point. I, I think if the companies can get away with it, they'll still buy it. Nobody wants to they go see a loser. Yeah. Nobody.
0: I mean.
1: It's not even it a loser. It's like right, purposely hoodwinking ownership. It's like it, all of a sudden, if you go to a game now, you're tacitly. Yeah. You're part approving of proving of yeah. what they're doing here. This business model is a little more, which what, is not a fair thing that no, he, that, you know, Some people just want to go to the ballpark
10: with their kids if they have family in town. They shouldn't have a guilt trip. Here's a little bit more about what uh, Gammons had to say about all these moves. Uh, Quote, we do not have the Pirates books. We know the baseball operations budget is limited. We know they are not going to sign free agents Mike Moustakis, J.D. Martinez, or Hugh Darvish. Right? They're not going to get anybody of known quality. Uh, so let's look at the trades this way. They believe Colin Moran, the sixth pick in the 2013 draft, will be their everyday third baseman. They believe Joe Musgrove uh, will be an immediate starter and that Michael Feliz, it will be a major piece in their bullpen in front of Felipe Rivero, uh, Right-hander Kyle Crick and outfielder Brian Reynolds plus the potential haul for Harrison. That trade hasn't happened yet, but Gamets thinks it's coming. Uh, all. That bounty will also contribute to what the Pirates are in 2018. Gammons uh, summarizes his piece as follows. Um, In the Pittsburgh market, the price of returning to October contention begins not with a couple of $150 million free agents, but with a plan that comes with pain, and they know it. He seems to imply there's a plan there. Again, I wouldn't have any problem with that if you would go out and get the pieces that finish it and those are expensive and that's something they'll never do never which is a shame all right thank god we got the
4: penguins who uh winners of four in a row seem to be turning it around here in the second half of the season so tonight they're back at it against anaheim and we're going to talk to dv mario when we come back here dv for details It's Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show, Val Porter, Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta, Randy Slack, intrepid producer. Well, after the disappointing loss to the Jags, the Pirates trading Cole and Kutch and feeding us all that BS. (laughs) Sure will be nice to watch the Pens again on their West Coast swing. They've won four straight. After uh getting one against the Rangers this past weekend, getting hot just, just in time. In time. <laughs> just in time for all of us to fully jump back on board with the Penguins. And joining us right now is uh the owner of the Penguins. Man. And longtime Penguin great, Le Magnifique, Mario Lemieux. Good morning, Mario.
2: Uh, good morning, boys.
4: Hey. Val. Good morning. I long time no talk. Yeah, it seems like it's been a while.
2: Not seems. No, uh, no seems. Has. Has been a long while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, long while.
4: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, during Steelers season, sometimes our focus is a little more concentrated on the Steelers. A little more. A little. A little.
2: (laughs) Seems like a lot.
4: Well... Like a lot of focus, no. The band
2: Focus didn't focus under its song hocus Focus" by Focus as much as you focus on the Steelers,
4: huh? That's a nice reference.
2: Well, you know, obviously Michelle played that on the electric lunch, and yeah. you got to have that that uh, when you're riding around yeah. uh, on the lunch hour.
4: Hocus pocus by Focus. Look, I agree, okay, I, but I got to tell you, Mario. After the last few days, that horrible loss by the Steelers, the Pirates trading Cutch and Cole, it's just going to be so much fun to to watch the Pens and really concentrate all our energy. On rooting them on. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
2: So, uh, you think uh, you can just waltz uh, right back into the Penguin uh, bandwagon, and uh, we'll just take you back well. just like that, because uh, you're ready to uh, renew our relationship? Uh, cause, uh, like we're desperate or something? Like, uh, can't get other
4: people to fan us? No, I huh? mean, Penguin fans are the best <laughs> in any sport, really. It's not, and it's not like I went anywhere, it's, I just... How uh, many
2: games you been to, uh, this year, huh? Tell me, uh, how many?
4: <laughs> penguin games?
2: I'll tell you. You haven't been to any games, Randall. None. Uh, Zero. Yeah. Zilch. But... Nana. I, Zip. I, well... Goose egg. N- Donut all. Uh, Bagel. Aerobi.
4: Marriott, please, look, don't be unreasonable.
2: Every year, the same thing. Steelers blow it, crush everyone's dream, then everyone start watching the hockey again. We win the friggin' Stanley Cup, everybody go to parade, they get the fan tattoo on the nether region, and then they don't watch another game until after the Steelers break their heart again. And they come back, they come back to us, and we win the Cup for them, but do I get angry? Do I demand retribution? No, I do not. I say to myself, "This is the business we have chosen." I don't ask questions.
4: Are you doing Hyman Roth from The Godfather? The speech about Mo Green.
2: Pretty good, huh? Well, pretty, uh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. And you know what uh, really uh, chaps my uh, my uh, my five uh, hole? I heard you on the DB morning show make up excuses during the Steelers season. Uh, well, two years ago. You know, everyone wants to trade Sid in the fall. He hate hockey now. Oh, look at He's no joy. Joyless. Joyless hag on the ice. <laughs> yeah, he ate hockey. Sid hate hockey like the sperm whale ate giant squid.
4: Does the sperm whale hate giant
11: squid?
2: No. No, they love him. The natural predator. Uh. Squid make up 60% uh, their diet. I often you... watch the Whale Channel all the oh, time. Okay. You know, in addition to squid, they eat lobsters, shark, and crabs. I mean, that's like going to Bonefish Grill with Kessel. What, are we, t- Wait, what are we talking about again? Oh, what a fair weather fan you've become. Well, yeah. no. You know, this year you make the excuse for not paying close attention because you think we got the slumpies from winning back uh, to back uh, Stanleys, you know? Oh, they're tired. Oh, their belly is full. Oh, they don't want it anymore. And then... Like clockwork. You know, Steelers lose big game before the big game, before the big game. Hey! Oh, the Pens. Oh, they won four in a row. We love the Pens. Oh, like magic.
4: I'm sorry that I sometimes take you for granted, Mario.
2: You know, one day you're going to wake up from your Steelers hibernation and we're really going to stink.
4: I know. (laughs) I know.
2: Don't know what you got till it's gone.
4: I
3: know. Don't know what... (laughs) it's gone. <laughs> good
2: on the, uh, the electric lunch. Not a good one. Yeah. Some keeper.
3: I'm sorry,
4: Mario. I promise. I'm <laughs> back in full force as a penguin fan. I-, I promise.
2: Hey, don't take your hockey team for granted. Okay? People in Kansas City are starving for hockey, <laughs> and you leave early to beat the traffic. Do better.
4: I'll do better. I will. Thanks, Mario. We'll see you. Don't know what you got. <laughs>
2: Tell it's focus, focus, but focus.
3: Oi, oi, oy oi, oy oi, oy oi, Pretty good. <laughs>
4: one of those songs you take for granted like the penguins <laughs> magic carpet ride i'm telling you right now you want to rock out you just put on steppenwolf's greatest hits go from start to finish yeah drinking beers with your buddy you're like what do we want to listen to put on steppenwolf's steppenwolf. greatest hits Solid choice. i'm telling you right now Oof. it rock. if if steppenwolf came out today Oof. and they were a bunch of hipsters people would freak the <laughs> f out
2: this band is incredible
4: Steppenwolf is so underrated. Talent. And they have a great behind the music, which is another
0: thing. I really want... I've never seen that one. Oh, man, if
1: you can find it, it's
0: good. It'd be so awesome good. if they
1: brought all those behind the musics back to like to like Netflix or Hulu or one of those things so you could stream them all. Yeah.
4: Oh, my God, yeah. That would be great. Because the Styx one and the Steppenwolf one were always my favorite. The Steppenwolf one...
8: The
4: Def one, one was good. The one was good. John Kay from Steppenwolf is like... He's kind of like uh crazy. He's he's so arrogant. Yeah, he's super I mean, he Jerk. would he would fit right in in today's world. <laughs> Cuz he is a, I am the greatest kind of guy and you know, nobody's good enough and he treated everybody in the band like crap basically and um uh, but they were great. Oh god. And Jupiter's child. Come on. Snowblind. Snowblind Friend, the I think pusher. it's called. Is that it? The Pusher. Yeah. Rock Me Mama. There's so many good tunes. Go listen to some Steppenwolf today. What you got going on?
0: <laughs> uh, coming up at the top of the hour, uh, we're going to talk about this real serious stuff. Oh, good. How, how to tell if your cat likes you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she couldn't even get through the sentence. Don't do this.
8: <laughs> Are you really going to do that story? <laughs>
5: Yeah,
1: she's not a whole it.
0: lot going on right now. I mean, we're going to talk about Donald Trump and the porn star because we haven't yet, and it's back in the news, <laughs> even though it went away so That's quick. That's
4: how effed up everything is. Everyone's like, yeah, no, the, they have porn star, of course. That, yeah, yes. whatever, That's, expected. Yeah.
1: yeah, we we knew that. How to tell if your porn star likes you.
4: I got to tell you, when I was driving in today, I didn't think it was, uh, that, you know, I don't, like, go outside and brush off my car or anything. I, I got the garage, but, mm-hmm. like, typically I feel like I can tell
1: when it's a lot when it's super cold today. It didn't feel that cold.
0: Yeah. I Am I numb to it? it? I think so. I, think I also,
1: I too. think you were inside your garage. Yeah, I know, I think but that even has then, a big part of it.
0: The only positive I thought because I was morning, outside
1: and it was freezing. Oh, okay. From
0: this is if it kills all the ticks and the tick season isn't as bad this spring and summer, and I'm okay with
1: it. Val always thinks that. Like I love that that's how. That's where Val goes to.
0: Because isn't that, was that the thing last summer? You're basically
2: oh.
4: Renee Zellweger in Cold Mountain.
2: It kills all the tension. That's all that matters.
4: <laughs>
7: Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show.
4: Val walks into work here sometimes and picks up a handful of dirt and tastes it. <laughs> yep, this will grow corn. <laughs>
1: This is some good soil. What do you got? Save this for next year.
0: Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont
6: Appliance. A couple of flurries today, otherwise just very cold. 16 for the high, 12 overnight tonight, and then a windy day on Thursday. But at least the temperature pushes up to near 31 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11.
0: It's three degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. A former CIA officer was charged yesterday with unlawful possession of secrets and is uh, suspected of spying for China. 53-year-old Jerry Chun-Shing Lee was arrested Monday at JFK Airport in New York as he arrived from Hong Kong. He is accused of unlawfully possessing two notebooks containing the real names of CIA agents and covert facilities. It's believed he supplied this information to the Chinese government, which led to the deaths or imprisonment of approximately 20 American agents. Between 2010 and 2012, the Chinese government was able to dismantle CIA operations and either executed or imprisoned imprisoned more than a dozen informants. In 2012, the FBI's investigation into the matter began to focus on Lee, who had been a CIA officer since 1994. Once he started feeling the heat from investigators, he decided to remain in Hong Kong. It's not known why he flew back to the U.S. on Monday. Did you
4: see the story the other day that the CIA has told, had told Jared and Ivanka to stop hanging around Rupert Murdoch's wife, Wendy Dang. Because they thought she
1: was a spy for China? Yeah. Wow. Because she's working for China. Huh.
4: So the Fox News honcho's wife, our own intel, is going, hey, don't uh, don't talk to her. She's working for China. We're in a mess. We're in a big mess.
0: It's like a movie. You can't figure out how it's going to end. Oh, I know, I know. how it's going to end. <laughs>
4: How? I'm just but hoping I mean, some of the actors these... get taken out of it.
0: Uh-huh. And we haven't talked about this at all because it, it broke Friday and it was kind of over by Monday, but it's back. A porn star friend of Stormy Daniels said the adult film star and Donald Trump once asked her to hang out with them. This revelation comes after reports came out last Friday that one of Trump's lawyers paid Daniels $130,000 to keep quiet about her uh, flings with Donald Trump. Appearing yesterday on NBC's Megyn Kelly Today, Alana Evans said Stormy Daniels called her to come and meet her and Trump at a hotel room at the Trump American Century Celebrity Golf Championship in Lake Tahoe. That was in July of 2006. Evans said that Trump eventually got on the phone and said, Come and hang out with us. Come on and have fun. Let's party. Though she rejected the invite, Evans said that Daniels told her about a consensual encounter she had with Trump in 2006, a year after he wed Melania. Evans said, quote, The visual I get has stuck with me for this entire time. She says, well, picture this: Donald Trump chasing me around the bedroom in his tidy whiteies. That isn't something that you ever forget. End quote. Uh,
4: There's probably like his orange spray tan probably bleeds onto his tidy whiteies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's uh, tight he a gold cape on.
0: Uh, just that. Term. If these, if this was Captain a Captain Underpants, tiny whiteies.
4: If it was a porn star coming out about Bill Clinton, Fox News would have this on twenty four seven. Oh, and he doesn't no hold kidding. office. Meanwhile, porn star, president, ah, it's not, just, don't, don't, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? I like the Onion headline that said, porn star pays $130,000 to silence Donald Trump about their relationship.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> A movement in California is declaring independence from the rest of the state. Founders of New California... Launched their unlikely bid for statehood on Monday with the reading of a Declaration of Independence. The group calls the current state of California ungovernable, citing high taxes and poor business climate. Leaders of the separation movement want to include most of the state's rural counties and leave the big urban coastal areas from San Francisco to L.A. behind. The group plans to begin working with the California legislature later this year on steps that could eventually lead to New California becoming the 51st state. but. Congress would have the final say on that. In many parts of the country, the weather this winter has been awful, but cold weather can be fun if you're into that sort of thing, especially if you're wearing a ski jacket designed by Paps Blue Ribbon. PBR teamed up with the clothing company 686 to create the 686 by Times PBR 6er uh it's waterproof, it's got a silicone palm grip for skiers, and best of all, it's got enough insulated cooler pockets in the front and the inside to hold twelve tall boys. So you don't have so you can just stay out on the slopes, I guess. You don't have to go into the That's handy the bar or whatever. You don't have
1: to go into the bar and pay ten dollars for a beer.
0: It might not um, be too fun if you fall.
1: I was just gonna say it's uh not a great idea to get hammered and ski. <laughs> no.
0: And the cliche is true. Gentlemen really do pl- prefer blondes. According to a new study, men find women with lighter hair to be more attractive than women with darker hair. Guys perceive blondes to be younger, healthier, and more promiscuous. Men also mm. think of blondes as the mm. kind of women you date brunettes are considered better to settle down with.
1: Stormy Daniels is blonde.
0: Well, that would apply to Lots her, I guess. Of fun.
1: I don't know what her actual say. hair color is.
0: Yeah,
4: Harry and donald are both bottle blondes.
0: Cats are often looked at as kind of snooty, introverted types of pets. So, how do you know if your cat likes you? There are reportedly seven signs, and probably a lot of these would apply to dogs too. Uh, they purr a lot and seem calm when you pet them. Okay. I know you don't have to worry, Randy, about how you, whether your cat likes you or not. No. They bring you stuff like toys or dead animals. Now, they're not really gifts. They bring them to spots where they feel secure, so that means they feel safe with you.
1: Oh, really? I thought it was a gift.
0: No. thought that's... they were
1: like, look at me. Look what I can you know, do. My dog does dilly, that. Dilly dilly. I thought they had problems with inadequacy. Because <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, my dog used to do that. Bring damn yeah, animals I'll... and lay them down in
8: front of Serena. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> See what I did? I Here's feel secure here. <laughs>
0: They get in your personal space a lot. When they rub up against you, they're trying to cover you in their pheromones to tell other cats, hey, this is mine. Oh,
4: it's, that doesn't
0: sound good. Do you hate cats? Yeah. Okay.
1: You're allergic to cats, right? I'm very allergic to cats.
0: But you hate them aside from that.
1: I don't
4: hate cat. I I don't hate cats, but cat obsession of cat behavior drives me nuts. <laughs> However, I could watch dog videos all day.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, I'm much more of a dog guy.
4: Because dogs are like gronk with fur. Like, they do the dumbest things, and they're hilarious. Hilarious. And you're watching them try to process what's going on, and it's just like watching a dumb guy all the time.
1: And they're just, they're much they're much more malleable. They're much more intelligent. They can, You can train them to rescue you, to lead you around.
0: Cats will need you with their claws. You know what that is? Like, yeah. uh, They'll lick and bite you, and uh, that's signs they like. Those are signs they like you and they feel comfortable. They roll over on their stomach, which is a sign of trust. It's another thing dogs do. Slack does that in the morning. I think it's
1: nice, it's comforting.
0: They stare at you and slowly wink or blink their eyes, another sign of trust.
1: Oh, I thought that was a sign that they wanted to kill me and didn't (laughs) really have the ability to.
0: They greet you with their tail up. That means they feel confident and happy around you when their tail's down low. It usually means your cat is nervous, especially if it's tucked under the body. Check out my beehole. <laughs>
1: you got a good view? Love you, buddy.
0: The sad news of the Cranberries front woman, Dolores O'Riordan's sudden death, making an impact on the band's U.S. music sales figures less than 24 hours after the news of her death broke Monday. The group's album and song sales rose by over 11,000% as compared to the day before. There are uh, still no details released about her cause of death, but police are not treating it as suspicious.
4: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a sad story. I didn't realize, I read an article about it last night, I didn't realize that she was as troubled uh, as she had been, and with good reason. Her upbringing was it was terrible. She was abused uh, from a very young age, and I, ha- I didn't know anything about her. Uh, in that regard And she's spoken about it quite a bit And I also didn't realize When all those albums came out Well, the first one that came out in the 90s mm-hmm. They basically they The album tanked And the record company had them Leaving Ireland to go to the United States As a support act for some band called Suede I think mm-hmm. But then uh, a producer for MTV Went to see the show And heard Linger And he found out there was a you know video for it and he made sure it was thrown into the rotation and it became huge. And then that album became huge. So she was like 20 or 21 or something like that. They became one of the biggest bands in the world overnight almost because of MTV. Mm-hmm. They had like three hits right off that record. They have Linger, Zombie, and Dreams. I don't but at song. any rate, so then all of a sudden she was like, it would be like A girl from like small town, West Virginia. She's from Limerick and just was like in this small community all of a sudden huge and just always had trouble with that.
0: Mm -hmm.
4: She married uh, the
0: Kurt Cobain type. of
4: Yeah. Kind of like that. I can't imagine what
1: that would have been like.
4: Just wanted to sing and didn't want to be a star. And And now she's being interviewed by all of these famous people and put on the cover of Rolling Stone before she even gets back to Ireland and being asked about world events and she just wasn't worldly and she said things that she was then taken to task for and criticized. and um So I didn't realize all that stuff because I was in college. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was like my
1: freshman year when that stuff hit and you could not not hear it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was everywhere. And almost all their songs were earwigs. Right? Yes. Do you have to? Earworm. You have to. Ear, earworms.
14: Yeah,
4: earwig. Earwig is a different thing. I think that's a character in a Dickens novel. yeah. <laughs>
0: The widow of Late Eagles co founder Glenn Fry is suing a New York City hospital over the treatment the musician received prior to his death. Cindy Fry has filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Mount Sinai Hospital and a gastroenterologist claiming her husband failed to receive proper treatment and diagnosis of his colitis. Fry died January 18, 2016, at the age of 67. That was due to complications from colitis, pneumonia, and rheumatoid arthritis. That lawsuit is seeking unspecified damages. And and a New Jersey man who took an iconic photo of John Lennon with his killer, Mark David Chapman, has died. The New York Daily News reporting Paul Goresh of North Arlington had been sick for some time. His wife told the paper he died January 9th. The lifelong Lennon fan was hanging around outside the Dakota waiting for Lennon on December 8th, 1980. When he snapped the photo of Lennon and Chapman, Lennon was shot and killed just five hours later flurries today. Temperature's only going to be in the teens. It's still pretty cold. Five degrees now at DVE. DVE
2: Sports. Mike Pesuda, it's your sports right now on DVE. Mike, what's up?
10: Sports this hour brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. We've spent uh, too much time already today talking about all that Mike Tomlin didn't say yesterday. He's going to try to figure out what went wrong and get to the bottom of it. Doesn't have any answers for anybody just yet, even though they had a press conference yesterday yeah, that went on far longer than it should have. Uh, I've probably talked too long about how I think it's a pretty simple fix. The defense is terrible. they got to get the defense fixed before they can think about contending again, winning another championship, doing all the stuff that they thought they were on the way to doing this year. And that defense is not going to be an easy fix because with Ryan Shazier out of the picture – they're a long way from where they need to be.
4: The offense had to be flawless in order to make up for the D. And it wasn't. So uh, that's where they are. You shouldn't be in a position where the offense needs to be flawless to shouldn't make up for the shortcomings for the D. To... Correct.
1: Not if you have Super Bowl aspirations. You can't not be that lopsided. Not if you want to
10: be one of those teams. Uh, one thing I want to leave our uh, 2017 season portion of our Steelers coverage, uh, one place I want to go before we bring that to a close, not that we won't talk about them every day from now on but the turning of a page a little bit because the season is over and I heard the interview you guys did with Rocky Blair last week before the Jacksonville game mm-hmm. and the energy and the excitement in his voice as he was talking about the game as if he was going to play it right it, he's oh, he's still he knee deep in being a Steeler. right it, it never goes away we had Alan Fanick on the pregame show on Sunday and he, same way so we this we that gotta do this gotta do that And uh, I asked Alan Fanica if he could explain for us that whole stealer for life mentality and and why it's so prevalent uh, among people who have come and gone through this organization no matter what time, uh, what period in history they happen to come and go.
5: It's a family, man. It's a a family-run organization. Uh, It's a brotherhood in the locker room. Um, you know when i when I left uh, so many people you know owners and, and other people they pull me aside and they, they want to know what 's so special, man right they right. want to know and at the other places at the other places they want to know because they 're trying to bottle it and i 'm like you can 't and I try and tell them a little bit and I, I mean, it 's a brotherhood it 's everybody in there uh, the the people the the guys they draft and bring in. We're all similar in little bits and pieces, and it, and it's it's just really it's we all play off each other, feed off each other. It's a brotherhood, and it just continues with with old guys and young guys, guys that didn't play with each other, um, you know, like Rocky, uh, you know, and me and these guys. It, it's. It's hard to describe. Hard to when, describe, but easy to recognize, right? It is. It is. And, and so my my best way I was tell these guys because J- me and Joey were still playing, and Joey was very well, Joey Porter, very well not liked a, around the league. And I was like, I was like, take Joey. Joey and I are buds. We are extremely close, extremely tight. And they would just look at me and walk off, basically, and say, "No way." <laughs> and I'm like, "It's true." I'm like, "That's what I'm talking about." I can't describe it to you, but we're that tight. <laughs>
10: That's how they get that going for them. If they can fix the defense and still have that, they'll be on to something. If they can't, we'll be doing this again next year. Talking about more stuff that people have become fascinated with, even though it's not what they should be thinking about and dealing with. Penguins are in Anaheim tonight. 10 o'clock on your Pens. Flagship 105.9. The X-Pens have won four in a row And five out of six. That's got the overall record up to 24, 19, and 3. 51 points. They are currently in possession of the second wild card in the Eastern Conference. And uh, the team's chasing them. The Islanders, Philadelphia, and Carolina. Uh, The Islanders have played uh, the same amount of games as the Pens. Philadelphia's played two fewer, but is three points behind. And uh, Carolina has played one less game, and is three points behind. So, all of a sudden, the... uh, It's amazing what a four-game winning streak can do in terms of solidifying your playoff position. Penguins are uh, going for uh, a season-high three-game road winning streak tonight. The four games in a row overall is already a season-high win streak for the Penguins. They will play the Kings tomorrow night, 11th set of back-to-back games on the season, and uh, they've gotten those figured out as time has gone by as well. Uh, Penguins uh, 4-0-2 in the second game of back-to-backs in their last six such opportunities after starting the year 0-4 and and getting blown out every time they had to play back-to-back. So it's all uh, rounding into form nicely for the Penguins with still plenty of time to uh, get where they want to go in terms of playoff positioning. The NHL also announced yesterday, Val, I'm sure you'll be excited about this, Sunday, January 28th, the All-Star Festivities. Kid Uh Rock is going to be featured.
0: I'm a cowboy, baby.
10: At Amelie Arena in Tampa. Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Was John Tesh booked? Kid Rock's a big Red Wings fan. One of my favorite moments in uh, my history covering the Penguins is seeing Kid Rock come out of the Red Wings locker room glumly <laughs> after the Sakura overtime goal, third overtime goal, in Game 5 in 2008. Red Wings would go on to win the cup in Pittsburgh in Game 6, but they didn't win it in Game 5, Randy. Their party, the air came out of that balloon. People like Kid Rock who like to glam on the sports teams that win. You got to go do something else that night. Glom. Glom. I saw him in uh, Detroit
4: at the Super Bowl. Kid. Kid. He was sitting uh, not far from us, and he walked past me. And uh, other highlights of that one included um, Mario. Stopped and took pictures with a bunch of my friends. I ran into Robbie Robertson of the band out on the smoking deck. And I went out. Wow. And I had a cigarette. And at
10: the Ro- Joe or at the Super Bowl?
4: Super Bowl. And I went out and had a cigarette, and Robbie Robertson's sitting next to me. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, that's
10: Robbie Robertson. He's probably thinking, that's Randy Bob.
4: No, he definitely wasn't. <laughs> so I was like, screw it. I'm like, Robbie? And he looked over and I was like, hey, man, big fan. You know, and then I was like, all right, that's good. Don't. Okay, you did it. That's, you know, you don't need to do anything else. Don't make him feel he's over there with, you know, his girl, and they're having a smoke before the Super Bowl. And I'm like, I got to get a picture with Robbie. So I was like, hey, man, I work for the rock station in Pittsburgh. Would you mind? Take-? He's like, no problem, man. So I take a quick picture with him on my flip phone, me and Robbie Robertson. and I come inside and I'm like, I tell my friends, I'm like, dude, I just met Robbie Robertson. They're like, nobody who's knows. that? Yeah. They had no idea who it was. And then they're like, you're an idiot. You just missed Mario. And I'm like, yeah, but I I mean, you can see him in Pittsburgh. sometimes. That's Robbie Robertson of the band. They're like, nobody knows who you're talking about. You're an idiot. And then I came back here and told our boss same thing, told him the same story. I'm like, Robbie Robertson. And he goes, you made his day. Nobody recognized him. And I was like, BS, man. That's Robbie flipping Robertson.
10: But I got some uh, action that night because you recognized him. People were
1: like, excuse me, Robbie, could you take this picture of me and Andre 3000? <laughs> <laughs> Andre 3000. Had I known
4: all that I do now, it might not have been. I probably would have been more a little more contentious. Like, why'd you take all the
1: credit from Levon and Rick? Richard probably drank himself to death because of you. What happened the night after they tore Old Dixie down? <laughs> I gotta know. Mark Madden, next. It is the DV morning show. Mark Madden from 105.9
4: The X is joining us right now. He's brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. This morning on DV, good to see you, Mark. Good to see you, Mark. uh, the fans have taken uh, to the internet and signed a petition.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> and dem- That was a maniacal laugh. And demanded <laughs> that Bob Nutting sell the team. So now that he has to sell the team, who do you think will buy it?
14: That's what you love about fans in this era of me and now and social media and every voice counts. They think they matter. Uh, they want the p- Howards to be sold. They want Mike Tomlin to be fired. And neither has a snowball's chance in hell of happening.
4: But you cannot fault fans for wanting to do something. For Just one- don't go. Right. Well, th- hopefully the people who want them to sell the team won't go to games.
14: Just don't go. That that yeah. that's the way you express your displeasure. It's right.
0: like at a restaurant. I don't like what they're serving there. So I'm not I gonna go.
14: Yeah, patronize. Yeah, I right. feel- but, but petitions and protests and and uh, what was it a couple of years ago? Some guy wanted everyone to wear green T-shirts and then leave in the seventh inning to symbolize money leaving PNC Park. Well, they would already have had your money for that day, so that's not uh, all that effective. Uh, th- these protests and petitions, they're just stupidity. Well,
4: I think I don't think they're stupid so much as people don't see it as uh, actually legitimately being an impetus for there t- to be a sale of the team. But they want to dis- just express their... Well, they got the Post-Gazette. What's going on? It
14: was a story for the Post-Gazette.
4: Well, click, click, click.
14: Yeah, I mean, the Pirates they, are they, joking. They only had one racist editorial that day, so they
4: Wow. Have you out. ever seen uh, something where all those writers en masse retract the byline saying, I want nothing to do with this. This does not represent my viewpoint over something that their publisher insisted be put into the paper. That was yeah. a big deal. I mean, that, you guys that, are newspaper guys. I can't imagine you've seen that very often. That's
14: a bigger story than it is getting out there. Yeah, that, it's, that's it's huge. Yeah, I,
10: I, I used to be a newspaper guy, and I, I still haven't seen it because I'm not a newspaper guy now. Do you know the story, though? I do. I heard some guys talking so about it So just
4: yesterday. you can lend us your expertise yeah, in, the, in the industry. It's a it big is, deal. It uh, is
10: atypical, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, the
4: publisher of the Post-Gazette is a just not a very likable fella.
14: Well, anybody that got past is to blame, too. That's Shribman. I i worked for him, thankfully, very briefly, and I wouldn't trust him to wash my car. So
4: let's not waste our time talking about the Buccos because they're a joke, and I feel bad for all the great people that work in the front office and all the people who've worked so hard and love that team and are invested there, and they are constantly made to try and uh, – put lipstick on the pig that bob nutting provides they're them. actually
14: pretty good at that i know Neil but, huntington yesterday did an interview where he said we're not rebuilding we're still contending he's complicit and the <laughs> no follow-up i'm question. done with him well that's what i love i love listening to their flagship because those guys talk about the lipstick on the pig they have got passive aggressive stooging down to an art form I, it is quite impressive
4: well look uh those among us who have not had to uh you know I haven't Toe a line a little bit. Yeah, you have. Uh, name name one. Well, I won't do it because I'm towing the line. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so let's talk about the Steelers. Okay. All right.
14: Do we have to stooge for them at all? This now we don't have.
4: To. No, we don't have to stooge for them. There's nothing to really stooge about. I mean, look, if you if there was a delicate area, it would be. The Todd Haley, Ben Roethlisberger relationship. And that has been exposed beyond belief.
14: Right. I mean, yeah. Ben hates him. Yeah. I don't care what Ben I, Yeah, says. but hey,
4: the feeling's mutual. Those guys don't like each other. Yeah. One, and when you're one guy's offense, necessary, one guy's not. That's You know you can say if you're Todd Haley, like, hey, they want me to, to control this guy. I'm not going to come in here, and I'm not going to blush first. Well, you know what? If you're the quarterback, you got a lot more sway with the organization than if you're the offensive coordinator. And Todd Haley's going to find that out, not because of anything that's happened on the field. I mean, I don't even know where, when the Steelers have fallen short, it was Todd Haley's fault versus something that Ben disagreed with. No, no,
14: no, no. I don't think it – you're right. It's very tough to distinguish which bad play was called by Todd Haley or which bad play Ben Roethlisberger audible to. But uh, the bottom line is the quarterback matters. The coordinator doesn't. There's an obvious disconnect between the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you're right. It's tough to blame Todd Haley when the offense just put up 42 points. For that matter, tough to blame Ben Roethlisberger. But uh, in a war between those two, there's only going to be one winner.
4: The defense was so bad, they had to be perfect. So what changes would you make? If you're Art Rooney, what changes do you say these happen on Monday?
14: Well, I'd get new uh, limited partners because – the idea that those rich old bastards have some say in anything is just... Do we it, know that's a fact? Do we know that story is... ProFootballTalk.com, Triv, I don't know what you think. I think they're usually right on the money. They Florio, hate the I Steelers. Think they have an
10: agenda where the Steelers are concerned. Yeah, Florio hates the Steelers. Yeah, but
14: this would be a tough one to make up, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, it, wouldn't. I think it would be. Nah, be Someone can ask Thomas Tall and put it to rest. That's true. You know, there's like... And and while you're at, ask him to buy the Pirates because there's a petition floating around out there. (laughs) Yeah,
10: Buy the Pirates and the Post-Gazette. There's a whole bunch of those limited partners. Nobody's going to track them all down. Track one down. Was it you?
14: It was not me. Oh, wait. (laughs) Yeah, he's saying, yeah. Uh, Uh, If I'm Art Rooney, what would I do?
4: They know, by the way, those limited partners know they don't have a save. Why would they they even go there?
14: Because rich old fools think they can get their way because they usually do. Case in point. The rich old fools that contribute money to Pitt Athletics didn't understand the ceiling for Pitt Athletics. Forced Dot Wani, forced Dot Dixon, and now uh, the whole athletic program is just a clown act. Rich old men think they always should get their way.
4: All right, let's pretend you're a rich old man.
14: Well, he you kind of are. Worry. All right, so <laughs> I'm not that rich. I'm old. Yeah, I feel yeah. terrible. Do I look
4: bad? Now you look. All right, you look great. Really? You look okay. What is uh? what what changes are you going to make though coaching wise
14: uh i would not bring mac haley i'd have fickner uh be the be the offensive coordinator basically a guy who would be uh a guy ben could walk all over and i don't mean that in a bad way no ben but, but wants like, to
4: call plays ben you know he's just...
14: right right but but i you know at least they'd be on the same page more so i wonder how many plays ben audibled out of because he just didn't like haley
4: well, he audible out of the second fourth down to throw to Juju, and then said Juju got held on that play. And the ref he did though. The ref told him, "Hey, I saw him grab his jersey, but he's just so big." But he's so big.
3: <laughs>
4: like, well, uh, Juju dropped it too.
14: You see, I I think, and I know, and I know people. I never it.
4: saw a good replay on that. Did it hit, oh, it hit him
14: right in the hand? Yeah, should have caught. And it. He had Eli Rogers underneath for a first down,
10: a much easier throw, Definitely. and he was more open. But that said, that throw, the play was stupid. The decision to throw it to Juju was stupid, and the throw was
14: perfect. Hit him right in the hands. See, I I, I know this is going to get dumped all over. Mike won't agree with me. I think they need a culture change. I think that chaos added up and caught up with them by the end of the season. I think you know looking ahead to New England as endorsed by the coach, mm-hmm. just absurd. And I don't normally think that stuff wins or loses games, but I do think it caught up with them. So what I would do is I wrote about in today's Trib, um, I would get rid of the troublemakers, the guys with big yappers who don't contribute much, and those would be Mike Mitchell who just stinks. Yeah, that he's... stuff with him outside the locker room uh, before the Jacksonville game, and, and and that's one thing Tomlin in his press conference said that was irrelevant. He should have said it's unacceptable, and that's what I mean by a culture of chaos with Mike Tomlin as the enabler.
4: I, f- I-, I think the Steelers would have been better served to have lost home field advantage and played buffalo in week 1 of the playoffs. You might
14: playoffs. be right. Then Mike Mitchell could have menaced their locker room.
4: Well, they probably they would have destroyed buffalo, but they wouldn't have come out as slow against the jags.
14: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that, that Yeah, you might be right, but I just I just think it's always something with these guys and they don't show up for work like New England does. They don't show up for work like Jacksonville under Coughlin now do. Uh I would get rid of Bince Williams. The killer B B for Bince. Actually, B should stand for backup because once Ryan Chazier got hurt, he turned into roadkill, and he was under Leonard Fournette's cleats all day on Sunday. And I would get rid of Joey Porter, too, because he's a mascot. He's I think you have to get coach. rid of
4: Joey Porter. I like Joey Porter, and, I'm, and I get that... I like that, him as a player. He's like, a
14: jackass as a coach. I
4: don't know if he's a jackass. I just don't well, think I mean, he's he, effective. He
14: runs on the field against Cincinnati a couple years back, and you can say that paid off, but it's still out of line oh, no. for an assistant coach.
4: Uh, off the field issue... Uh, on the field issue, letting Harrison get away with murder. Acting
14: like a player. Well, he's scared of James Harrison.
4: Oh, for I the would badass, be
14: too. For the badass Joey Porter always pretended to be, uh, when James Harrison fell asleep in his meeting, he wouldn't even wake him up. I were you think-
1: surprised that early in the season, like when those reports came out, were you surprised that he wasn't reprimanded and and disciplined early in the year? Like, why did they let that go all the because way until a, it...
14: Because it's a culture of chaos, and because they literally are scared of James Harrison. Who, by the way, I don't know if you saw TMZ today. He has James an AK-47. A, yeah, I feel really good about that. That's what the Constitution means by a well-regulated militia.
4: Yeah, that's well-regulated. I'm just glad all the kids are already baptized. Now, the next thing to look at... Now that uh, he has
14: the AK-47. Now, <laughs> the,
4: defensively, all right, you went linebackers for sure. But what about the coordinator?
14: I, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. He had to polish crap a lot these last two years, and he'd done okay. Could he do better? Yeah. Did he have a plan B after Shazier got hurt? No. I'm not sure there is a plan B after Shazier gets hurt.
4: T.J. Watt seems to be a pretty damn good draft pick. Uh, yeah, although Nate he didn't
14: do much Sunday.
4: Seemed to Well, fighting off an injury and I think maybe the fatigue of that rookie year. A lot of rookies run into that wall. But Artie Burns, Bud Dupree, um, there, there's a lot of guys. I mean, Stephon Tuitt seems to be a winner. But there's a lot of high draft choices in that defense who are not getting it done.
14: Well, yeah, but a lot high draft picks don't get it done all the time. It, it You know, no matter how exact of a service they pretend it is, it it's very hit or miss. I wonder about Carnell Lake because uh, I don't think the DBs have made the progress hoped for. Then again, it's tough for DBs in this league. Artie Burns, only a second-year guy, got uh, fried, died, and laid to the side. Hmm. on on Sunday but he's I think he's a talent I think he has good moments I I think sometimes you're gonna wait guys like that out
1: I really like Mike Mitchell but
14: I I, I didn't why see why do him... you like Mike Mitchell because
1: I just like the way he talks I he's like the way he's a
14: horse's ass I just he can't play a lick and he acts like a jerk every chance he gets every single word that comes out of that guy's mouth is horse manure
1: I was about to say I never saw him make a signature play or a big play in a big game in a Steeler uniform
14: I never saw him do anything except celebrate tackles after eight yard gains.
4: Yeah, that's true. He was good at that. I mean let's <laughs> give him credit where credit's due.
14: I just get my Triv, can you see any reason to bring Mike Mitchell back? Well, you gotta
10: have somebody else.
14: That's right, somebody I mean, else. No I, I know what you mean, and normally that's the siren song of the uneducated where you say anybody else would do better. I think yeah. in his case, just about anybody else would do as good anyway.
3: Yeah,
10: right. secondary play is um, tricky.
14: Well, see, I just think if you keep bringing back the same people and keep indulging in the same of, culture, In terms of
10: evaluating it and pointing out whose fault is what.
14: Oh, no, no, I agree you, with that. But You really I, need to know before
10: you go there, and I, I don't have enough. I inside just inside information. To nor, nor do get, I to judge his play. Nor
14: do I, but I just think if you keep bringing back the same people and keep indulging the same culture of chaos,
10: well, I would agree You're, you're going
14: to wind up with the same result. Yeah. And the guys I'm talking about getting rid of are guys you can, in theory, certainly replace. You, you know, you can't get rid of a guy like Le'Veon Bell because he's Le'Veon Bell. You but, think he's going to stop tweeting? Um, I don't know. No way. Think Juju's going to stop tweeting? Well, he's no way, no way. He's he's, he's already on the highway to being, I think AB is
4: going to stop Instagram and Snapchat and whatever he can do.
14: Well, as I've said for years with this group of players and I say it now, they're never going to win with this group of players. That doesn't mean you change this group of players because it's too talented, but they just don't put winning first. They think they do, but they don't. It's a culture of chaos. Like I said, Jacksonville and new England, they show up for work. These guys show up for skippity do to quote red Foreman.
4: I'd go more with uh, you can win with a couple of guys who do that
14: stuff. Right. A.B., Lev, maybe Juju. But everybody was doing it. Have you considered the possibility, this is way out there, and I'll get shouted down by the masses, but that's kind of what I do, um, that, that Lev Bell is not necessary to requirements? Look how quickly he disappeared from the game once they fell behind on Sunday two it's, t-
4: it's two touchdowns it's
14: not a it's not a running backs league no, no I'm just throwing this out there I, I'm, I'm probably wrong it's not a running backs league um uh, uh who was it somebody on Twitter made a real good point that this offense is really oh it was you it was Pursuta that this offense is really high tech and can make the big plays but can't get the one yard when it's needed and I agree with that that was yeah. good stuff but that wasn't because he's not good enough. That's because they don't line him up behind
10: the fullback and run. Yeah. They well, don't play. do the HB dive. Nobody, yeah.
14: nobody would ever because they're throwing twenty yards. Nobody, nobody instead. would ever say he's not good enough. Yeah, I'm just wondering if, if if it's not a running backs league anymore, and there are a lot of decent running backs out there. It's what? not a, a ridiculous concept
10: when you think of the Patriots using three and four guys in Philadelphia. Yes, using multiple guys, and and instead of having the best guy. Right, is your team better served to have three above-average guys, and you spend the savings somewhere else? And among those
14: three guys, they all adapt to different situations. Yeah. and then, better. If,
10: then if a guy gets hurt, you're not screwed
14: because he's right. not there. There anybody. you go. You what just he put said. the next one in. More brilliance for Mike Persuda. Yeah, Mike, didn't
1: they in the early part of the season? Didn't they have Watson, who was like guaranteed to get you one yard, and then they just lost all confidence in they him, did. and you never saw him again.
14: I, uh, by the way, I love the quarterback sneak controversy. Is it in the playbook? Do we have an audible for it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, there's a different story from everybody. Ben's not allowed to run it. Is it? You're, you're joking, right? That's what he said. Yes. I mean, is, is it in the playbook? I have no idea. Somebody said a, he said they play. don't have an audible for it. I guarantee if he if somebody he, else
10: said it's not in the playbook. If he whispered in pounced, he's here. He Pounce, I'm going to tap you in the ass, hike the ball, and I'm I'm following you for six inches. And they did that, and it worked. I don't think they're going to bench,
14: Pouncey. and bang. Isn't that the way the quarterback sneaks traditionally called anyway? Well.
4: I don't think people's blocking assignment are that different from anything else there. If there's a I gap there,
14: you fall into it, and it's the first down. Do you think
4: we should do about 20 to 30 quarterback sneaks a game? That would be great. I,
14: I, would, I like when Ben said, I've always kind of wanted to run the quarterback draw, too. And then he's out there running the option in the fourth quarter. Oh, my
10: God. Watching him run. Hey, his- That was
4: scary. It was a touchdown. Bill Crawford spit all over my face when that happened. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and we scored that touchdown. Thank
10: God they had a talent like Lev Bell to finish that play. <laughs> Never would have worked with a Garrett Blood. Hey, whatever. He's a playmaker. You
4: know. it, it
14: just it, it, like it the Two sea-
4: bad plays in that game that ended up costing him because the defense is so bad you couldn't make two mistakes. You could make one, but well, you couldn't make two. And
14: I understand people being critical of Ben for making two mistakes that dug him a hole. But the bottom line is, he did more than make up for those two mistakes. The whole offense did, but the defense just wouldn't allow it to be enough.
1: All year, they sucked for a full 60 minutes.
14: Yeah, I, re- that's a good point. How often do you see a defense that doesn't make one play for 60 minutes? Because they didn't. Yeah,
4: there's
10: errors of commission, not even and not errors even one of omission. Sack. That's they- what it looked like when when they lost Shazier. They became vulnerable, but they were still getting sacks and and turnovers to make up for it, to mask it a little bit. And that's what it looks like when you don't have Chase here and you don't have any splash but But
14: but that's the ego stuff that pisses me off, even if it's not relevant. They get the team record for sacks. Everybody tweets. There's a picture of the defense. They tweet that out, too. They yank it and crank it, and then zero sacks in the game that matters.
10: Did they set the franchise record for points allowed in the playoff game? What happened after Renegade? Did they give up seven?
4: There was a Renegade. Did they play Renegade
10: during the game? Yeah, is it time to not. move on from Renegade?
14: Oh
4: God, fans love it.
14: Wouldn't they love a, a newer song, a better no. song? No, a good song.
0: What do you have a suggestion, Mark?
14: I don't. no, Val, <laughs> no I,
0: I don't.
4: I go, co- I go Can back and 4A? forth on Renegade. The only constant I have is that Cotton Eye Joe is terrible.
0: Oh my God, oh, that's, a that's a good point. It is yeah. terrible.
14: Yeah, Grand Illusion. How about slide it in? Grand <laughs> Illusion would be would be appropriate. What'd you say, Val? Slide it in. Well, that's when the. Uh, Opposition's on the five.
4: (laughs) Uh, All right, we got to go. I mean, that was good fun for all involved. It was just
14: like the Steelers season. It ended in chaos, but it was understandable.